For the final time, he does. Oh, he almost misses the corner. Here comes the one of Ross Chastain one more time. Out of 14, Tyler Reddick looking for his second Cup Series win. It's going to come in Indianapolis. All right. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we have a jam-packed episode once again, and and this is an extra long one. Well, we're going to start with a recap of the Indianapolis road course race and talk about what went down on the track, how we did with our bets, and just like everything every week, We'll, uh, we'll give the brief overview of what went down there. Then we're going to look ahead to Michigan. How are we playing this one? What's in the data set this week? What are the picks to win outright? We'll get into some finishing position bets as well. A really interesting bet in that section that's new to me this week, so I'm excited about that one. And then, of course, our guest, a very uh, sought-after guest. We've been trying to get him on for a little while now, a fan favorite you know, coming around all this year, multiple different podcasts. You know him from the NASCAR Gambling Preview Show every Wednesday night that I'm on. It's Rory Picks. He is on with me, and we talk about all sorts of stuff, including a full tank face-off where we break down some head-to-head matchups. So you want to stay tuned for that. That will dominate uh, most of this episode after we get through some of the picks. So stay tuned for Rory in just a little bit. So let's get to the Indianapolis road course here. And it was a a devastating final restart for me because I had so many different parlays and I was saying to myself, man, if we could just end the race right now, I would be cashing in left and right, including the bet of the week, the Chevy top two, tool hangers bet of the week. Ross Chastain doing what he did, uh, making you feel like you have a false sense of security there after the fact because, you know, he was running one, two. You didn't know how they were going to score it. I mean, you could probably guess because that was a ridiculous move, but we'll get to that in a second. Tyler Reddick is your winner. He was your favorite um, going into that race. He was a poll winner, so you got to check those boxes when we see them happen. A poll winner, a favorite, getting it done. Uh, pretty interesting there. So Reddick clearly pulling himself into the Chase Elliott category when we're getting the road courses. That's back-to-back road courses now for our boy Tyler Reddick. And I didn't have anything on Reddick to win the race, but this is why, you know, if you didn't tail any of the season-long win total bets that we talked about at the beginning of the season, that's fine. You probably are sick of me talking about it. But next year, This is why it's so fun, because I didn't have anything on Reddick, but I do have Reddick in a season win bet against Christopher Bell. Christopher obviously tied it up a couple weeks ago at New Hampshire, 1-1, and now Reddick takes the lead for me. So even though I didn't win money this week, I was still very happy of what went down because my season win bet is uh, looking better than it did at the start of the race. So all the more reason to take those season bets as we uh, start before Daytona. But uh, Chastain was a story there at the end of the race. I mean, just absolutely no reason. I mean, I guess he was scared that he was going to get caught up in some chaos. Blaney got spun, so maybe he would have gotten caught in it. But do you really think that you're not going to get told, 
you got to go back to the end of the lead lap. Like, why would you think that that is a move that is going to be allowed by NASCAR? He cut off the whole track, basically, and took the lead. Like, that is ridiculous. I could see if you get, like, bumped down in that direction, then maybe that's one thing. But he just went straight for it. So uh, totally screwed me because I had Chastain. He, He was running well. If he had just stayed with it, even if he got some, you know, beating and banging in there, uh, I still think it would have been just fine. I had Chastain in multiple parlays over uh, a couple different people, so that was really hurting. And he ruined my vacay parlay on top of it, which you know we recorded last episode from uh, vacation, and I was feeling pretty good that the vacay parlay was going to hit. Well, of course it doesn't. But on the flip side, the happy side, we had Cindric as a, a top five. Um, so happy about that. Called out William Byron losing to Christopher Bell. That was uh, a head-to-head that we called out last week at Indy. And we talked about Chris Busher hitting in a top 10. He snuck in because of what went down with Chastain. He sneaks in, gets a 10th spot, so that cashed. And then talked about a lean towards McDowell, how I was feeling it, but we weren't sure how he was going to do with uh, you know the suspension and everything. Well, they appealed the suspension, and the speed was there in practice, so we took that. So that hit as well. So an all-around good day. It just, you know, what could have been, basically, because that you know parlay situation, I posted them on Instagram. There was like three of them that all got wrecked by that move at the end by Chastain. So really tough to swallow, but um, still not complaining at the end of the day. So let's move forward to Michigan here. We got a high-speed intermediate track. That's what we're calling it here. It's a two-mile track, very fast racetrack. You know, every time we go here, you get to see some really high speeds. And according to the Goodyear stats on J-Ski, we're, we're going to see um, some pretty Low tire fall off expected. You know, they're trying to bring something to the the track that would um, maybe, you know, be a little bit better there. But they're expecting because of the heat and the smooth surface, it looks like it's going to be pretty um, low tire fall off this weekend. So something to be considered there. And we're seeing a new tire combination this weekend. So there's not much you can really draw from anything that we've seen so far this year as far as the tires are concerned, first time that they're using them. So um, let's get into the track stats here for Michigan, and then we'll talk about how we're going to play this. So um, track stats at Michigan, the winner has started from the pole 22 times in the history of the track, 104 races, by the way. So uh, that's a pretty good chunk, like you know, over 20% there. Last time it happened was Joey Logano in 2019. The winner starting in the top five just about 60% of the time, which is pretty high. When we go and look at these stats week in and week out, that's a pretty high number there for top five. Starting in the top 10, it's about 76% of the time. So qualifying is going to matter. Starting outside of the top 20, it's happened seven times in the history of the track. And the last time it happened was Kurt Busch in 2015. So um, some pretty different stats than we're used to seeing than the other tracks around the circuit when it comes to starting within the top five, top 10, and and even on the pole. It's a high number. Now, manufacturer trends. There's only one name that you're calling out here when you're looking at trends, and it's Ford. They dominate this racetrack within the last five years or so. Seven straight victories for Ford, and that is just monstrous. Like I don't know if we've seen that across any track that we've talked about on this podcast this year. So that's a, a pretty big deal. And the reason is they, you know, they take this track very 
seriously. This is their home track, you know, in Michigan, Detroit. And I can remember, you know, a couple years ago, and I think this is an annual thing, but they take the Ford drivers all out to dinner on either like Friday night or Saturday night. And I can, you know, remember last time I heard this story, like they sit them down and they say, hey, fellas, like we're not losing. We are not losing this race. Not here. So they put the fear of God into these Ford drivers. So you're going to want to be on Ford in some way, shape, or form, whether you take Ford as a manufacturer or just kind of zero in on some of these guys. Um, I think it matters, right? Like they are a, a manufacturer that has a lot of pride. This is their track. They don't want to get beat at their track. And they haven't recently. So something's working. Um, so let's talk about the, the data set that I'm using for, for my model here this week, making predictions. I'm looking at the last five races at Michigan, Michigan, excuse me. So I think that that is a decent amount. You know, we had the double header there a couple years ago, Harvick swept that weekend. Um, so five races that takes you back to about 2019. I think, you know, with all the younger drivers in the circuit, that's a decent amount. I don't want to go too far back. Now, I'm looking at some of the comp tracks. So this is according to iFantasyRacing.com, our guy Ryan over there. He equates Michigan to two primary tracks. One is Auto Club and the other is Kansas. He actually calls Kansas a, a baby Michigan. So for that reason, I'm throwing two Kansas races in there, the last two, including the one this year, and then the one Auto Club race from this year because, you know, we have this unknown of the next-gen car, well, if we've got a couple races that we can throw in there, um, that's worth looking at. So I'm looking at a total of eight races when I go through my normal spiel about, you know, this is how they've done and that time span, etc. Now, for 2022, I think there's something to look at there as well. We usually like to touch on green flag speed when it matters. So we're actually going to expand out a, a little bit more to the secondary comp tracks, according to iFantasy Racing. He's saying that Vegas and Charlotte both kind of equate to Michigan here. So we're going to do that as well when we're looking at the green flag speed and some um, finishing positions as well. So we'll we'll look to those when it you know starts to matter a little bit, a little feather in the cap um, in there because you know the next gen car being such a wild card, it's good to see who's good at these tracks this year. Now Chase opens up as your favorite at plus six hundred on. DraftKings. I did see Kyle Busch as a favorite on a different site. I think it was Sugar House, uh, but Chase seems to be the favorite across the board. And this is clearly based on the performance that he's had recently this year. So to me, him being the favorite means that there's value elsewhere. Now I'm not, you know, discounting Chase. You know, if you're a Chase fan or you know you think six to one is, is decent enough, more power to you. But I'm saying because he was the guy that you know got picked essentially to be the favorite here by most of the books, you're seeing some other guys have some decent numbers. So we're going to start with the guy that I think has a, a really good shot to win this race and a better number than Chase. And my first pick to win this week is Kyle Larson. He's plus 700. And to me, the value for what kind of track history here you're getting is just phenomenal. You know, Chase really makes this number inflated a little bit being the favorite. So plus 700, 7 to 1. Not too shabby for Kyle Larson because when you hear his stats, you're going to go, damn, I, I totally agree. His history is just too tough for me to pass on. In his last eight races, two wins, five top fives, and five top tens. And that's in the span of six races. If you remember, you know, 2020, he did not race. So six races, five top fives, two wins. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. I mean, really staggering numbers when we're looking at that stat. So it's essentially a top five or bust. You're going to have Kyle Larson 
in that conversation. So he'll be there. His average finish in that time span is first, 4.0. His driver rating, of course, is first. I mean, it's just unbelievable. This is not even considering the fact that Kyle Larson won three straight Michigan races back when he was driving the 42 car. So we're not even considering that part of this data set. So that's impressive. All right. The comp tracks. So you may be saying to yourself, okay, well, those eight races, you know, Michigan history, that's fine. But Kyle Larson's just not the guy that he was, you know, last year, this year. Well, this season in 2022, he won at Auto Club, finished second at Kansas. He's fourth in green flag speed at these four tracks. His first in average finishing position at those four comp tracks. So for that reason, plus 700 seems like a steal to me. I don't know. If I'm wrong, call me on it, but it seems pretty damn good. So lock me in for the five car at 7-1. Now, I talked about how Ford has dominated, and there's a a reason why, you know, we called out the fact that it's their home track, and and they just bring it. So part of me was like, okay, I just got to take the fastest Ford. Well, if you look at the stats, Ryan Blaney is that guy, right? He's the obvious choice for the Ford camp, but he's plus 900, um, which isn't too shabby. I mean, Blaney is, is second in points. He's had a lot of speed, but for whatever reason this year, I've been jinxing him. Whenever I call him out to win the race, he just does not perform well. So I'm going to give another wink, wink, you know, I'm not taking Blaney, wink, wink. And I'm going to go to Joey Logano because his value here is very strong. Plus 1200 for Logano. That makes a lot of sense because his stats are good and his value is good. It's a good, you know, Goldilocks situation here. In his last eight races that we care about, one win, three top fives, five top tens. His average finishing position is eighth. It's 11.9. And his driver rating is actually fifth, 10, excuse me, 100.4. So last year, I think maybe the reason why his average finish is a little uh, down a little bit compared to his driver rating. He finished 33rd after getting into some trouble at Michigan last year. So that kind of skews the average finish just a bit. In 2022, he's ninth in green flag speed. So he's in it. He's in the ballpark. Joey Logano has just not had the season that we're used to. Now, I'm into trends, right? And, and, if you are too, then you'll like this stat. Since joining Penske, he's won at Michigan three times, and it's really every four to five races at Michigan he's gotten the win. So this is race number five since he had his last win in 2019. So uh, if you're looking at the Ford camp and you're saying to yourself, hey, I need somebody from that stable, Joey Logano stands out as a pretty viable option at a really good value at plus 1200 in my opinion. You know, the season hasn't gone the way they wanted it to, but I think a lot of these teams who are locked into the playoffs are now starting to tool up and get prepared. So if it's going to be a Ford driver, it very well could be the 22 and Joey Logano. So I'm in on that team. Now, the last guy I'll call out to win the race is a little bit more of a tricky sell, but I'm going to try to do my best here because I'm going to take Ross Chastain at plus 900. He's becoming everybody's enemy, right? Denny's enemy, Chase's Elliott, Chase's enemy, NASCAR's enemy last week. They didn't want to have to take that win away from him if he were to win that race. Uh, Just, I think Tyler Reddick did him a favor by passing him, but um, very interesting to, to look at what Chastain has put together this season. And it's an interesting call out here to win the race at Michigan because he just doesn't have that history that we called out for these last two guys. So he's plus 900 to win this race. And the reason I like him is because of raw speed. Okay. Not going to get the stats, but 
when you're looking at this year, I mean, you're not getting those stats because he's in bad equipment in the past, right? I mean, Chip Ganassi Racing, yeah, it's so-so. He was so-so for one year, but before that, he's got five starts at this racetrack. He was not in good cars, ship boxes, if you will. So the stats in that eight-race set that I'm looking at, he's only got one top 10, but that came in 2022 in Kansas, a very comp track. So um, not a bad, or excuse me, had a bad showing at Auto Club, but that was to start the season right after Daytona, kind of working out the kinks. And after that Auto Club race, his green flag speed has skyrocketed. So even with Auto Club, where his race was just terrible all around, he's in the 20s for green flag speed at Auto Club. Still, his aggregate green flag speed for the season is fifth overall. And since Auto Club, if you look at the three other comp tracks, Vegas, Kansas, and Charlotte, he's second, third, and second. So to me, I don't like to put too much stock in green flag speed because that stat can be kind of uh, manipulated a little bit depending on what goes on in the race. But the fact of the matter is, if you're looking for, if you're going to a track where raw speed matters, this team has somehow captured that. So that's why I want to be a part of that. Uh, Plus 900 seems pretty decent to me. And it might be harder to take Ross Chastain as the playoffs, you know, get underway here, he's going to have some guys that, you know, owe him one. I don't think Denny's done yet. Chase, you know, he's pretty sneaky, he's quiet. So it's going to be tougher to call out Chastain because there might be some guys um, getting some retaliation on him. So now might be a good chance to just take him at a decent number here at plus 900. So to wrap up the guys that I like to win the race, it's Kyle Larson plus 700, Joey Logano, the Ford driver here, plus 1200 with a wink wink towards Blaney, and Chastain plus 900. So hopefully one of those guys can go out there and get us back into the victory lane for the outrights. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, you bunch of hot dogs. So next up, we'll get into some finishing position bets here, and then we'll bring on Rory to round out the episode here. So I want to get into it with uh, some top 10 picks, and then we got a, a good one that's a, a first-time Uh, available bet that I've seen. So the first guy I'm calling out is Kevin Harvick. I need something on Kevin Harvick this weekend at Michigan. I mean, he's a a guy who recently won three in a row, I believe it was, three of the last four. He swept that doubleheader there a couple years ago. So I I just need something on him. His last eight races that we're talking about here, three wins, all at Michigan, four top fives, six top 10. So he's six for eight there. His average finish is second, 6.1. All of those wins coming at Michigan. Driver rating is second in that time span. And, you know, he hasn't shown the raw speed that you may need to win this race here. But, you know, and, and that's in 2022. But his finishes, you know, have been really good. He's third in average finish in 2022 at the four comp tracks, 9.3. So to me, that's all I need. That's the bump that I need. You're getting this plus 120 value at Barstool Sportsbook. They're always the best for the top 10 odds. Um, because if you have the, the Kevin Harvick haters out there saying, well, dude, like he's not doing anything this year. He's not winning races, et cetera, et cetera. He is top 10ing people to death. And, you know, to, to see that on these four comp tracks, comp tracks kind of you know, you could argue that maybe they're not totally comped, but I'm going off of what our guy, I Fantasy Racing, saying. Then he's 9.3, third in the circuit. So I think he's worth a shot here for a top 10. And 
how can you not sprinkle a little bit on Harvick at plus 2,500 at a racetrack where he's just been unbelievable? So um, I'm a big fan of Harvick this weekend. I think that if they come off the truck hot, watch out because he's another Ford driver. You know, we called out Logano and, and touched on Blaney. Well, how about Harvick? You know, you never know with this guy. But top 10, I think it's more reasonable bet uh, to take, and I'm not as scared of this one as I would to call him out to finish, you know, top five or to win the race. We're not asking that much of the four car this week at Michigan. Now we are asking a little bit more of these next two guys. So consider these more long shots. I'm swinging for the fences here with uh, a couple top tens. And we're going to start with Austin Dillon plus 225. This is a flyer. Maybe you could say this is a little bit more for fun. In the eight races that we're talking about here, he's got one top five, three top tens. His average finish in that time span is 17.4. Not great, right? But in 2022, his comp tracks is seventh in average finish, 12.0. He finished second at Auto Club. That was by far his best race of the season. And he ran pretty damn good at Charlotte, too, before getting into some trouble late. That was a ridiculously long race, if you remember, the, the Coke 600. He was involved in that race towards the end. So this is a bit of a long shot, a, a swing for the fences type of deal for a top 10 for these guys. If they can rekindle what they had at Auto Club um, as a comp track, if they can just you know generate something here with desperation Maybe it's a pit crew strategy uh, or a pit road strategy that it puts them in position to stay out or, or something like that. Plus 225 for a top 10. I like it. So, you know, if he goes and qualifies poorly, maybe you get an even better number. But I like plus 225 for a top 10 for AD. So uh, mark me down for the three car. I'm really cheering for these guys, you know, because of what's going down at RCR. I feel horrible. So I want to see some success here heading into the playoffs. Now, um, the last guy I'll call out for a top 10 is Ricky Stenthouse Jr. plus 300. I know you guys are probably thinking I'm out of my mind right now, but um, he's got two top 10s in the last eight races that we care about. Average finish in that time span, 19.0, which isn't great. But in 2022, green flag speed, 14th. Gets your attention a little bit, right? Because all we need is a top 10. But his four comp tracks, his average finish is 11.5. Now, that's pretty good, right? But overall, he's got five top 10s in this season in 2022. Three of them came at these comp tracks. So there's something to it. There's enough there for me to say, hey, we haven't heard much of, of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in a little while. He pokes his head up every now and then. You look at the top 10s that he's got. They're coming on these tracks that can be considered similar. Why not? Plus 300. Let me throw something out there and I'll have a little fun. So Stenhouse top 10, I think I can get behind that just to sprinkle a little something and, and have a little fun if it does hit. Because if it does, you look pretty damn good, right? Now, the last bet that I'm calling out in the finishing position section is one that DraftKings has in their weekly specials. And I think this is really cool. It's all six Toyota drivers to finish in the top 20 We've said so many times that we want some top 20 bets. Well, I you know, I saw it and I'd say, hey, I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if I don't call this one out. Top 20 plus 100 for all six of these guys to get it done. Now, this is interesting to me because the JGR camp, all you could make a case for all of these guys to finish top five and, and a few of them to win the race. So JGR has been very strong here in the past. Even though Toyota hasn't really done that well themselves to winning the race, they have all... All four of their drivers, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Chris Bell, 
you can make a case for all of those guys, right? So then you say, all right, well, what about 2311? Kurt Busch is right up there. I mean, Kurt is fifth in average finish in the last eight races. He's fourth in driver rating. Kurt Busch is pretty good. The only question mark you have around there is, is he racing this weekend? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, he's been out the last two with that uh, injury that happened. He hasn't been cleared to race since the Pocono crash. So um, not sure what's going on there, but you have to assume that he could shake the rust off and get it done at a track that he's been pretty good at in the past. So the wild card, if you're doing the math, it's Bubba Wallace. Will he be able to finish top 20? I think that I believe in him because he's performing at a very high level right now. He's really showing strength, like as a driver, showing maturity, seeing you know what we want to see out of somebody like that. So uh, looking at the last eight races, he's five for eight in top 20s. Again, makes you a little queasy, but you got to take that and consider, okay, he's been good lately in 2022. To me, this is a bet that easily could hit. So plus 100, you know, top 20, you need your, your drivers to all finish in that top half of the, the finishing order. I like this bet. I've always wanted a top 20 bet. I've got it. So I'm calling it out here to have a little fun. So uh, mark me down there for the Toyota camp. Maybe not to win the race, but to finish top 20, I think it will be a little more fun. So it's Harvick top 10, Dylan top 10, Stenhouse top 10, and the Toyotas top 20. Now you may be wondering, where's the toolhangers.com bet of the week? Well, little tease here. It's at the end of my conversation with Rory coming up here. He brought it up. So I'm recording this part after I talked with Rory. And in my conversation with him, he said, hey, we didn't talk about the toolhangers pick. I said, well, why don't you give me one? Well, I let Rory pick this week's Tool Hangers Bet of the Week, and uh, he does not disappoint. He's swinging for the fences as well, so stay tuned for that in just a bit. So with that, we are going to get into our conversation, our interview, and our full tank face-off with at Rory Picks. You know him from Twitter, and you know a lot of people are going to enjoy this conversation I have with Rory, getting into his background, NASCAR and gambling and really everything in between up to Michigan. So uh, we'll get into a full tank face-off at the end, and I just gave you the tease about the Tool Hangers Pick of the Week. So uh, really happy to have Rory on. He's a, a partner of mine at the NASCAR Betting Preview Show that Derek runs, and uh, it was great to get a chance to talk with him a little bit longer than normal. So without further ado, here is Rory. So now I am very happy. It's been a long time coming. The guest this week, a lot of people getting to know his name at Rory Picks on Twitter. You can find him. You can find us together on the, the Wednesday night uh, NASCAR betting preview show, Derek show, um, making a name for himself all over the NASCAR betting community. Rory Picks, thanks for joining me. Finally, Rory, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good, Phil. I'm just excited to be on here. We've we've been trying to put this together for a little while, and, and baseball season earlier this year and different things just pushed it on back. I'd have been on here probably at least a month or so ago, but we finally got it on, and we're going to have a good time tonight. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we met through, through Derek's show where, you know, we make picks each week. Um head-to-head matchups and, and we'll be doing a little bit, little bit of that on this one tonight with a face-off later but you know as soon as we connected I, I knew like you were definitely someone that I needed to have on and and 
you know, talk to about your background and everything. And um, that show that we have on Wednesday nights has just been growing and growing and growing and things have just been going really well. Heard you on multiple outlets uh, talking about, you know, various things, flag hunting and, and with, you know, Rye Cape recently, you were saying you're just on there last week. Um, so things seem to be going well, but I, I think if you, somebody said that you sound like Rodney Childers, I think it's uh, Mark says that. So I, you know, in my mind, I feel like you're kind of our crew chief on the the other show. So um, that's how that's how I think every Wednesday night you're you're the guy kind of you know keeps us going. But um, I wanted to talk about your background first, and then we're gonna make our way through to kind of you know how the year's going last week, and then finally Michigan, and we'll get into the face off. So for anyone listening, that's kind of the the structure where we're going to get to here but i'm so anxious to talk with you rory about like how you became a nascar fan for one because i know you're you're definitely a fan and two how gambling started to, to fit into that so you know hit me with that first like what was your earliest nascar memory like how did you get into it um with my dad my dad he he uh always went to a lot of the southeastern tracks with with a guy he worked with. I think I think my dad there, even before all that, I think he went to the Daytona five hundred from all the way back in like what was he? Damn it, I can't remember. I wanna say maybe late sixties, and then he went all the way up till nineteen ninety two, I believe. Like, yeah, he he went to quite a few of them. So I mean, one of one of my first experiences probably that I actually do remember is I probably yeah it was probably Martinsville went down there and ninety probably around ninety one that's when I started going to races when I was about seven years old so Martinsville probably yeah would have been my first experience and that that was a lot of fun because. They were really good. They had Bill Elliott that year. That that car was was on point. I mean, it if if it wouldn't have been for maybe a wrong wrong pitting decision at the end of that race, he probably would have won the championship. Quickie outsmarted him, stayed on the track to lead enough laps to get the bonus points, and then finished second. <laughs> you remember that from from ninety? What was that? Ninety two. Yeah, I remember that was hard, man. I, I'm a big Davy Allison fan, and he had that was his championship that year. Davy, Davy's the toughest, toughest man, basically to ever get in a race car. I mean, that dude. You remember after Pokemon, he's in there with a broken wrist, damn blacked eye, eyes. I mean, still smiling. He's having the time of his life. Like you wouldn't even know this dog is like hurting, probably like hell. And I mean, Davey was just that smile, man. That I, I miss, I miss watching him. I mean, I was fortunate enough to meet him at Daytona one year. Got my picture with him. Like, I mean, that's that's like big time deal when that guy is your guy, and then you know, and you, then you go to him dying in a helicopter crash. And I mean, I was tore up. I mean, that that tore me up because I mean, I felt like I personally knew. Knew Davy. Davy was like that people, people person cared about people, always doing good. Like, I mean, when you got Dale Earnhardt's respect, 
I mean, he was one of the few in that garage that Earnhardt talked to and and had a respect different towards him and other drivers just because he knew how good of a person Davey was and how good of a driver Davey was. So, I mean, it's it's just – Different different things, like, through the years, though. I mean, I went to a lot of races with my dad, especially in my early 20s. Me and my best friend, Adam, we we would buy his damn tickets or whatever. Like, he just had to drive us. Like, we're going to get hammered. <laughs> like, and I guess some of the times probably wasn't much entertainment for him, but I know he laughed a whole lot at that shit. And he... He had a good time. I think the one the one that like set him off was Darlington. We went down there in two thousand five. Greg Biffle led like every fucking lap, I think. And Junior turned in a top five. I do know that. Like that's the only thing that I remember about that whole <laughs> entire race. We got we get up there, we're we already been like pounding on my grandparents, they have a townhouse in Myrtle Beach. So we didn't have too bad of a drive there or whatever. But on the way, I mean, we're pounding beers. Then we're pounding them before we go in. Well, then we get up there in the track and make friends with the people that's beside us. Next thing you know, they're giving us Crown Royal shots. <laughs> so I'm fucking hammered. Like, I only thing I remember doing, I think I did actually walk back to the truck. I didn't need to be carried. But I remember, like, walking by a damn trash can. My dad's got my damn arm. He's just like, come the fuck on. Like, <laughs> jerking me. And I, like, projectile puke into this trash can. Like, <laughs> hit the damn center, like, shooting basketball. And he's still, I'm like, all right, Dad, all right, I'm coming. And he's like, yeah, turn. Like, he was pretty hot at that one. Apparently, we, we acted a fool with that damn race. That is absolutely hilarious. Like, core memories, like you read about, but then kind of blacking out. So, I don't know if it's a core memory or not. I don't know. But, it, uh, it didn't matter. It was a boring-ass race when I wanted Junior <laughs> to win this bitch, and I'm sitting here watching Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle. My dad, <laughs> and my dad's a Ford Motorsports guy. Like, he didn't got to that point in his life where he didn't have a favorite driver anymore. He just pulled from Ford. So I'm like, well, fuck, that gives you a whole lot of opportunity there, doesn't it, to talk shit. And he was like, yeah, I know. That's why I damn – set it up like that he said i've been pulling for different drivers through the years and then now i feel like i just pull for all of them long as long as it's forward and i was like okay yeah that that's a great plan <laughs> but i don't know it, it was always fun messing with him because i adam he was a he was a damn chevrolet dude and and he liked junior and i mean it was fun. It was fun going to the track during those years. I mean, I ain't, I ain't have no, I ain't really have nothing else to do, but I just went to work, saved up my money, and then go to races every year. So, I mean, this is awesome because a lot of, a lot of times when I'm talking with people, it's you know the gambling has gotten people back into the sport. You know what I mean? Um, or kind of like started their interest in NASCAR really like the, the fact that they can gamble on it, but you're someone who clearly has had this 
in their blood for a really long time. I mean, just to continue to pick on that for a second, like, you know, you mentioned going to most of the races on the, you know, Southeast United States, like what's the one, I guess, is it Martinsville that's closest to you living in Virginia or, or um, what's your, you know, preferred track for someone who's um, maybe trying to get to one of these races? Not, not the um, 30 degree Bristol Mike, I mean, Martinsville Mike race. I wouldn't recommend recommend that i won't even <laughs> that <laughs> like hell with that i knew some, my brother-in-law he went down there and they froze their asses off like i wouldn't recommend that one but if you go there and play off time when that track's taking rubber that place gets exciting sometimes like every once in a while you find a guy that goes out and just dominates and makes the day boring but here lately they've been done a whole lot better it's always some kind of chaos at the end of the race, it seems like on restarts, like that's what makes that track so much fun. Cause you know, somebody's getting ready to get their ass dumped. Like, <laughs> like if you don't like, then, then, you know, whatever. But I, I don't know. I love Martinsville. Yeah. I mean, I've been there the most times. I mean, Richmond, I love, I love going to Richmond. Richmond's flat. Like, around the whole perimeter, basically, unless you park on the backside and have to walk down the damn hill and come in. Like, Richmond's cool as shit on the actual track side. Like, it's flat. You go to all the souvenir vendors. I like how they have it laid out through there. And, like, I, I like everything about Richmond. It's a nice facility. Like, I, I love it at nighttime, though, in the in – the, if they were going to have this race in the – on you know, in the next Sunday – like at night, I might would think about going. I don't want to go fucking like that is gonna be a hot oh my god. Like y'all better get ready because this is a track where somebody's gonna win because they can take care of their tires and be awesome on a long run. Because we all know that Richmond tends to run long for you know a long time. Yeah. That's uh, I I agree. I mean, I, I wish that that was a if that was a night race, I'd be looking forward to it a little bit more than I am. But uh, I have to ask you, going back to Martinsville, like all the hype, you know, somebody who's never been there, is the hot dog worth it, or is it just like kind of a a, a cliche at this point? Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean. <laughs> It's what, whatever. I don't know how many of them I've really actually ever eaten from there. Because, I mean, most of them I'm cooking, smoking some food yeah, or something. most people are out doing their thing like, in the, the parking lot, right? That's what yeah, I've always yeah, thought. Yeah. Like, if we're real NASCAR fans there, they're full of shit because they're out in the, the tailgate. But uh, well, they always seem to, to hype that up, so I've always been interested if it was worth well, it. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about is going on tailgate. Like, you, you need anybody that might just watch these races on TV. You need to get up and get out there and go. Like, find the closest track and make it happen. It's a totally different experience, especially especially if you come, like, here at Martinsville. Like, you go anywhere in the south, really. Like, it, it's going to be a good time. Like, them places, they throw them down. That's, that's NASCAR country right there. That's the – 
that's where you're going to see the like all time fans is at those tracks. You're not going to see them at these other places that they're trying to bring people into. And I understand you want to, you know, spread it out. And I appreciate all of our fans, like all across the world. Like it, it's what makes it happen. But I'm just saying like, when you got a sport that's grown up, like that's where it started. That's where your fan base is going to be the strongest. I mean, it, it's just like any uh, any other thing, like hockey. Look how big hockey is to Canadians versus us. And, I mean, I'm even a hockey fan, you know. You're speaking I, my I language like, now. Yeah, I like the Blackhawks, you know. Like, they're, they're just – when I first started actually watching hockey maybe 10 years ago, I just picked up on them because I like Patrick Kane, like the way, <laughs> yeah. way he plays and everything. So – and I just was like, that's a cool ass fucking logo. Like I was <laughs> looking at, you know, classic. If I got if I gotta wear a damn hockey, get me a new era hockey hat, I want the dudes, the people that have the coolest hat. And I like black, so you can get the black with the Blackhawks logo on it. It's fat, <laughs> like love it. Well, yeah, I mean, you make a good point about like the location and, and everything and I mean, you mentioned Patrick Kane. That's like a, a shot to my heart because the Flyers should have had him and they, they got fucked over by the lottery. But uh, we won't get into the the specifics of draft stock and everything in hockey. Uh, but for the, the Martinsvilles and the Richmonds and the Bristols, you have no idea. Like you were just saying, you know, you got to find a way to get down there. You have no idea how many times like during work or something like that, where I've pulled up Google maps and I've tried to see how far away those places are from where I'm at as if it's going to change like a certain time, like, Oh no, it's still, it's still 10 hours away. It's still 12 hours away. Like it's still a bit of a hike. Uh, I can't do it. I I keep typing it in every year. It seems like, like it's going to be any shorter, but I got to get down to one of those because you know, it's still within the, the reach some case, but um, so how'd you get into the gambling aspect of it then? I mean, was, was NASCAR the, the first thing you were kind of gambling on because you were a, a true fan of the sport growing up or was it through other sports and then realized like, holy shit, I can bet on NASCAR too. This is the best of both worlds. Well, I pretty much been gambling my whole life, even as a kid, like betting on anything. Help me. <laughs> I, I got my ass like, whoa for betting in the fifth grade on, like, the Super Bowl <laughs> that one year. And I told my dad, just, you know, like, whatever, just talking, didn't know he was going, like, the hell you mean? Uh, like, I was like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have told him about this. Hell. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I played golf all the way back in, like, middle school or whatever. So, I mean, me and my buddies, we bet on <laughs> golf, whatever, ho, ho. I don't know. I'm, I'm that – I'm that dude. Like, I bet on any goddamn thing. Like, I play cornhole. Like, I'm not throwing – I'm not – I have to bet on it to get to, like, play play good. Like, it's not happening. I can sit out there and throw or whatever, but I ain't got no interest in it if it ain't no coin on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean so, golf so, is a, a gateway to to the degeneracy that's for sure i think a lot of people feel that same way yeah i mean um i don't know I it ter- come to find out like a guy that i worked with like he was 
friends with a couple of guys and he had a bookie or whatever and had the damn parlay tickets. So I was like, hell yeah, let me see those things. So I got into it like more, more so on like not just betting, you know, your buddies or whatever, $5 on this wiffle ball game or some shit out in the backyard just to have something to do. Like I started betting um, when when I ended up meeting him and then he got me on on to his bookie or whatever. But I mean the bookie's actually like really good friends with him, grew up with him, like he ain't betting big. He just is doing that and whatever. So ended up getting with him. Me and him actually end up hitting it off pretty good because he's a huge NASCAR guy. Got all kinds of Dale Earnhardt stuff, like really cool. Got I mean just it, it, me and him can sit on the phone like to this day or whenever and like sit there and talk. And that's normally how we end up our conversation ends up on NASCAR who you taking this week, this and that. And I mean, that that's pretty cool that I developed a friendship with somebody that, that cares about NASCAR that much, used to go to a lot of races and everything. And then I mean, he's your bookie, so. Your bookie's asking you what you're taking. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, on NASCAR, he he still he texts me every week. He's like, "What matchups are you on?" <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, we we have a good time, and he he's just been a cool ass dude. Me and him, I mean, we. We've done other stuff. All right, I go up there and just hang out with him, watch a race. <laughs> like I remember hit me and him one one Saturday. I was supposed to be coming up there to. He asked me if I pressure wash his deck. He paid me or whatever because I used to do a bunch of side work and whatnot. So I go up there to do that. We never even fired a fucking pressure washer up. <laughs> we get That's to watch this race. We then took John Hunter Nemechek, both of us, at like. 20 to 1, I think, or something, maybe even higher. Me and him both have him. And it's that Cole Custer one at fucking, um, what was that damn road course in Canada? Uh, oh, Canadian, uh, Canadian Tire Park, Park or something like that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We were sitting there, and oh my God, that was like an exciting thing. <laughs> like, me and him are like high five and like, yes, <laughs> whatnot. And I mean, uh, that was that was that was fun. That was a fun ass time <laughs> that day. Didn't even do what the hell was supposed to be doing. <laughs> We're just hanging out watching the race <laughs> with your bookie. Both betting mm-hmm. on the same guy. Unbelievable! I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would throw money off on shit he, you know, didn't want to keep or whatever, like to somebody else or some book or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hell yeah, that was fun. So now, you know, you're being in Virginia. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like Virginia's kind of been like an epicenter for, you know, legalization of of gambling with like mobile apps and stuff. So um what was your experience with like getting going with that compared to, you know, using your buddy or any other local books and and how has it, you know, changed the way you kind of approach 
the the weeks or the years? Well, I mean, the experience has been good just from the different bonuses you might pick up through different ones. Um, the sign-up bonuses, I would sit around and wait. If I had seen something before but I didn't want to sign up at the time, I kind of sit there and wait. And then when they threw that back out there, then I, that was like, hell yeah, now it's time to throw some in. I mean, MGM, they have pretty good bonuses and different things, and it's all put back as like playable cash, not not bonus bets. That's that's one thing that they they do very well. Um, i trying to think. Of, I thought it was one other one that does that a lot. I know that like the welcome and bonus on Bet Rivers when you come in, if you put two fifty in, they match the two fifty. I really, really think that's cool, and it ain't, it ain't no bonus like just ten dollar bonus bet here or whatever. I mean, it's whatever you want to do with it. Like you can put the whole damn thing in there, and it's only yeah. like a, only like a one time rollover, I believe, or something. It's nothing crazy or anything that you have to win back on it. I mean, I think that. That shows you kind of a good sports book, like somebody like that, 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 that treats you well, like not, not painting the ass books that make you want a photo ID, a photo ID beside your face, and then a damn PDF of your damn banking account just to withdraw money that you put in there and you decided you didn't want to play anything after they changed the odds that they had up there and wouldn't let me take those odds. So then I tried to get my money back out and then they want to be a bunch of assholes. Like just not being specific or anything, just, you know, in general, if something like that were to happen to someone. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> if you really, really want to know, DM me and ask me who it is. <laughs> yeah. I, we were we were in the group chat today, and and you were definitely um, unhappy with a, a particular sports book. That is for sure. Um, but do you still use your your local guy? Like, you know, I think one of the things we talked about on on the Wednesday night show is like, uh, and, and our guy Chris Wormy is a, a big proponent of like any book you could possibly get your hands on. You know, you should have an account for use everything. So, are you still using your local buddy or, or any other local books in addition to all the the options you have in Virginia? I'm going to probably start my actual account back up around playoff time. Like I'm waiting until then, see how these next few races hold out. And then, I mean, the cream rises to the top in the playoffs. Like, you got guys that are going to show up every week instead of, like, missing a complete total just disaster setup race in the middle of the year when they're just trying out different things. I mean, they got it down now. They're going with what's going to get them there, win them the race or get them a top ten at least. They're not going with no crazy-ass, you know, wild stuff ideas. I think it. I think this is going to be an awesome playoffs, though. I can see it being a really, really, just damn competitive. It, it's going to be good. Like you got Hamlin and Chastain rivalry, you know, brewing, and Chase doesn't like Chastain. Well, guess what? If they don't like him, then they're going to have to either catch him or. Like, shit's just going to happen because it's just going to happen. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's really a good thing 
to start during a playoff run with somebody because then you kind of build up a like, I don't really like that motherfucker at all, basically, attitude. And those drivers all, you know, need to get along to an extent because at the end of the day, NASCAR is one big just it, – it is what you're driving for and for the best interest of NASCAR – it's better when y'all are all getting along versus not getting along and actually having like um, just hatred. You that's never a good thing. It's good to have rivalries and like whatnot, but it's not good to have a hatred going on. I I definitely agree that like if you're a driver, you definitely don't want to have to worry about you know maneuvering the track, finding the best speed in the car and also have to worry about some guy that you've pissed off, um, you know, sending into the wall at any given time. The, the point being about the the playoffs being like setting up to be fantastic. I, I totally agree with you on that. And if you want to extend that a little bit further, I mean, we can start talking about this year and how the year's going. Like, I think from here on out, like the, the season is about to get really, really interesting because, you know, it's well documented. The a shit ton of winners, fourteen winners for the first time ever. We still have a chance of sixteen or or more than that. Uh, we we have still a chance of a winner not making the playoffs, which would be just absolutely insane. So we've got four races left until the the playoffs, and I think stuff's about to get real interesting because you got big names, you know, potentially missing the playoffs. Um, so how is you know, your year gone gambling on this wild season, uh, handicapping the next gen car, and then kind of transition any thoughts on, on what you expect from the last four races together. Um, it's picked up. I started off the year. I either had, I had like really, really just awesome ass weeks. And then I had some really just terrible weeks. It, it won't. It wasn't anything in between. It was just like either sweep the whole bitch or either lose. And or tie. I mean, I remember hitting Bowman live at Las Vegas. He had fallen back in the field a little bit and went up to like fourteen to one somewhere around there. And I was like, that car is strong. You can usually tell with him out the gate if he's if he's moving up early. He's got an awesome ass car, and they hit the setup, and that's the type of driver that he is, I believe, like more so than somebody that's going to take a bad car and turn it into something. And I was like, that car looks really good. So I sat there on it, sat there on it, then he fell back. I think, do they have like a pit stop? They got shittier I think or something? Didn't they get out of whack? With with the the pit stops or was that two years ago? They, I, th I think that yeah, might have been this year, right? A couple no, of the Kendrick guys. Year. Yeah, they no no no. That was last year when they got out of the pit. Okay. He, okay. He either sped on pit road, did something, fell back a little bit. So I watched him in traffic, and I was like, "Well, this fucking car is passing people in traffic fairly easy." I was like, "Now's the time to jump on him." So I hit it for 50, and then I was like, fuck it, we're putting another 50 on it. Like, went back and hit it for another 50, and I already had Larson. Like, he he was just coming off the auto club when the only two that I did not have is Truex and Bush. And I don't 
I can't even remember if I even had them in any anything whatsoever. Like Gibbs hadn't been all that impressive, you know, to start the season, and then they ended up getting on the right pit sequence there. And I mean, they had strong cars too. But I mean, being out in clean air helps you a whole lot, also. And that that was exciting as hell. I mean, they come in, them two take two tires, get out first. I can remember the old lady, she she had come in here. She was like, how's it going? I'm like, uh, fuck, are you going to fuck this up or what? Tell her <laughs> asking me that. But anyway, I was just like, uh, it's, this is going to be pretty exciting right here. Do you want me to tell you how much we win if neither if these two boneheads don't wreck each other right now? <laughs> and they – I was like, I'm pretty damn sure unless a miracle restart happens for one of the Gibbs cars, like, they're going to get out front good enough, and as long as they don't tear each other up, like, one of them's going to win. We're going to win a decent amount with Larson, but we're going to win a whole shit ton with Bowman. And she's a Larson fan. She's like, fuck it. Come on, Bowman. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I mean, you made a great point, though, like, Live betting is now very much an option for people, you know, depending on the sports book that you use, if the, the book is on top of it and calling out Bowman as someone to, to live bet ever since I've gotten, you know, friendly with you and, and some of the other guys from the, the Wednesday night show, the NASCAR betting preview show, I've been like targeting guys in my mind each week. I don't necessarily really call that out on the, out on the pod um, because it just hasn't really crossed my mind but uh bowman and byron lately are two guys that like i look at and say like okay if they're hot early or if they're coming off the truck or whatever the case they show speed early like that's a live bet for me but i can't do it you know pre-race right now because they're just not on it but they're it's almost like changes the gambling game a little bit because you can target guys to live bet to make a decent chunk of change on in the race at a certain point. Like, so that Bowman story is exactly the example of, of how to do that. So, I mean, the, the whole story is fantastic. And, and the point, the overarching point of the live betting is, is exactly, you know, why people should be doing that, or at least targeting guys or having guys in mind for that. Yeah, that's, that's why I kind of keep it to like maybe two guys, hopefully going into the week. That I, I mean, if I'm taking them, it's going to be early before practice and qualifying. I'm going to get them at a better number more than likely because a lot of times the guys that I have in mind, I'm thinking they're going to qualify pretty high too or have a good practice. So yes. you just you're just guessing. I mean, it ain't it ain't like rocket science, really. I mean, if you've watched enough lines, you have to watch shit throughout the week see where stuff's going, like, just just trying to figure out, like, why the hell did that drop? Or that makes sense. I knew I should have jumped on that earlier, beating yourself up over, you know, not going ahead and jumping on it. But I like to be sure when I'm making my damn bets, even if I lose a little bit on a number, like, I want to be right. I don't want to be just – if it ain't somebody that I'm just like – I'm waiting on that damn book to put this number out or books. And once I've seen all the opening numbers, 
unless I see a number already on a guy that I already know I'm going to take and it's already like, why the fuck did they put that right there? I'm going I'm to hit it. Then. But if it's something that comes out that doesn't look like, eh, it's kind of a median, it's not as low as it could be or it's not as high, you have to sit it out and wait because – you're going to probably find it and you'll see it later on at a better number than just the original opening. Like those guys that originally open them, they do a pretty damn good job, I feel like, as far as being confident putting out odds on a Monday. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, I know what the hell I'm doing or <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to at least throw this out here and see what hits it first because they know the sharps are going to hit that first if they see something that catches their eye and it doesn't last long. Like, you better – it ain't – tweeting it out ain't going to fucking do you no good if that's what you're waiting on. Like, you have to know when when that's, you know, taking place. That's uh, another great point. I mean – and it's funny you say that, like about the the odds dropping, because I think this year specifically has been the book's best year uh, in a wild year with the next gen car. I think they've done a, a decent job of like, you know, getting the odds out earlier in the week, Monday nights. Like that's a tough, tough gig to, to get going. And for the most part, they're relatively doing a, a good job. And at the same time, it's a mixed bag because they're doing their due diligence, but also they're kind of feeling it out, seeing, you know, okay, they adjust quick enough to where like, okay, if we fuck up, you know, Logano uh, at a a random number, like we'll adjust pretty damn quick. So um, I think the books are paying more attention to NASCAR for sure. And and that's, you know, good for us, I guess, and, and bad. And depends on how you want to look at it. Glass half full, glass half empty. Um, Let's talk about Indy last week. Speaking of like how we're doing, I think we both have, I don't know, similar take I, I i have my heart broken but i don't know if it's if you know i'm really i can say that with full confidence because i did have a, a couple bets that hit but how did you do because we were talking right before we started recording you said you know last week was kind of rough so tell us what you had and what what was the killer last week at indy the killer last week in Indy was just not putting all my money on aj almondinger like i was trying to talk myself into and then I fucking spread it out with a parlay matchup and Ty Gibbs top three. And then, I mean, every time I take fucking Gibbs, every single time, like, y'all don't want him to win the championship? All I got to do is just put, like, $10 on him <laughs> each week. Motherfucker will do something. Something will happen to the car. he he do something stupid. Like, it doesn't matter. Then I don't take him anyways. But – I mean, the kid's a hell of a driver, though. To be as young as he is and doing what he's doing, I don't give a shit what kind of equipment he's in. I mean, it does help that he is in probably the best Xfinity. Not probably. He is in the best equipment Xfinity-wise, I feel like, in that 54 car. But it it just uh, – me and him, we just don't we just don't mix. Like I don't know what the hell. I'm like, come on, man, give me some love. Win a damn race one time when I take you. Like you're you just upsetting me. But I mean, it's a, it's been a good season though, because JRM's damn good, and and I I I like it because I take them a whole lot. And I mean, the way Algar 
the way Barry, the way Gregson's starting to run again now, heading into, you know, we got the playoffs, playoffs going. Is it going now? It is, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Or is it a few races? Um, I don't think last week was a playoff race. So maybe, I don't know if, Dude. I didn't see that there was anybody won a regular season championship yet either. Um, I think they may have two weeks left or something before theirs. Because they miss a few races coming up, I think here they get a couple of breaks last time i looked at the schedule if i'm not mistaken but i i feel like i i love it when junior motorsports is running good i mean i like all that i want to see mayor get his damn first win you know like that i bet on him over algar and damn he was a disappointment i mean algar had a pretty damn good car he's and i mean he's good on road courses i was just more so basing things off of practice and that's what's been so frustrating like it seems like practice is not even worth a shit to even look at because it's so short and and sometimes it is in certain tracks it really isn't much much help like you're just you're basically going off of those tracks you need to figure out like am I going to get anything off of this or if I'm not, I need to go ahead and get my shit together going into it and roll with those guys and don't even look at practice, don't look at qualifying. It takes out second-guessing yourself, everything like that. It's just making sure you do it on the right weeks versus the wrong weeks. Like yeah. Sometimes I want to see because I just want to see who's going to have the fastest fucking cars, just like Michigan this weekend. Whoever's got the fucking horsepower – and it's going to get out front, and you can trust them, their crew getting them off pit road, everything getting them out front. That That's the guy that you want is, is somebody that you think is going to actually win the damn race. I mean, it ain't going to be no – I just don't feel like this, this isn't going to be the place that you're going to see a big upset. Well – so let's move into Michigan then. I mean, I think you're dead on, right? Like you're not going to see like Austin Hill who's getting his, uh, I think he's getting a, a start um, in the cup series. It might've been wrong there. Maybe that's Xfinity. I don't know, but um, I tell you, you're not going to see a random what, winner like that. I tell you what, his top 10, I wish it was just a little bit more than plus three fifty. Like That's what it I is think, right now for cup. Yeah. But I mean, Part of me is like that because of I, – I like to see practice and qualifying on him to see where he's at and how he looks. Or, you know, you can get a lot out of looking at a person coming down the straightaway or whatever. If they're fighting a the car coming out of the turn, you know they're, they're loose. Like, their yeah. hands are working like crazy. You can see the car. You can also see it if it's pushing. The ass end ain't coming around. <laughs> it's just like a damn – block just out there i mean i don't know you pick up different things that's what pisses me off so much about damn trucks practice like y'all need to get up off y'all's ass and put that on fs2 or something i mean i thought that's what that was there for that's you are preaching to the choir with that because i don't know why they stopped doing that this year like they and they had it at the beginning of the year but like I don't know why they would – because Fox, that's their only NASCAR game in town right now because the, the Cup and Xfinity are on NBC. So why wouldn't you try to get the most out of the trucks? But 
Um, yeah, that's why Camping World's leaving. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they need to come up with some kind of option. You, you know, streaming it on YouTube, something yeah, exactly. Like they did, they it. did, they did the damn, you know, test with the next gen. You remember, you could go on there and watch it on YouTube live. Yeah, that's maybe ought to come up with something. I mean, hell, I'll come and damn announce it. I was right? gonna say we don't need the big dogs announcing it. Just pull some motherfucker off the track and just let him just tell us what's going on. <laughs> hell yeah, that'd be interesting <laughs> as hell right there. Like, like yeah. I mean, it, it's very frustrating to people that do give a shit about it. You know that they can't even put it on something. I mean, it helps us out because I mean, you know, like I know. If you can actually watch practice and whatnot, you can kind of look at a car if you've been watching racing long enough. You might see somebody that catches your eye in practice that versus not not being able to see it, you would have never seen it based off the times, but you're just like, this fucking car looks good. And, and you can keep up with visually how many times they come into the pits what not if they're coming in every other lap making adjustments and this and that that damn thing's probably gonna be a shit box like (laughs) like i mean not necessarily all the time but it depends on the you just know with certain drivers if you've seen that it's like oh that car's a piece of shit and if it ain't somebody named like kyle bush kyle larson truex like, he's famous for, you know, back in the day, Jimmy Johnson. You could never count Jimmy Johnson out. I mean, Chad Knauss was, was I mean, best crew chief ever. I mean, I'm not saying Jimmy can't drive a race car. It's got to be both combination. But they knew each other so well. Chad Knauss knew what Jimmy Johnson's capabilities were as a driver, and he made some of the decisions based upon my driver is – better than your driver he can drive the fuck out of this thing if i give him two tires instead of four right here jimmy's gonna win this bitch like i mean it it was unreal what that fucking team did i don't think a lot of people if you missed that part of that era like i'm sorry because that dude straight up brought it at the right time right place they always made the right calls he, he could have won, like, fucking nine or ten championships, if not for bad luck. Like, he he's amazing. Like, greatest driver I've ever seen getting a fucking stock car. I can tell you that right now. That's – I mean, it's like Brady Belichick type of deal. Like, you know, who who really was the, the driving factor? I mean, you can make a case that that Canals was really the, the magician there and, and getting that team – to the success that they had. I mean, it really was, you're right. And it, it's funny that you say that. Cause like, yes, he definitely was the the greatest driver that like I had the opportunity to like watch on TV through like that error, uh, like th- to have the privilege to see that error of racing. But at the same time, like it also gave birth to some snooze fest. Like there was one time I was on like a work trip down in Texas and there was a Texas race and, uh, I made like a big deal about it to my two coworkers who were out. So we went out drinking, watching the race. And uh, I was like, Hey, you guys are going to love it. Like it's in Texas. So like, there's probably some like hype up and, and Johnson just 
ran away with that race. And the people that I was with, this woman and this guy, they were like, this is boring as fuck. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of like dominating. Like, like what you're not understanding is like, he's that good. Like, but trust me, this is really fun to watch. <laughs> so what year, what year was that? My God, I think, ah, I don't know. 20, uh, it's his bad radio probably, but like 2014 ish, somewhere around that. Uh, time period 2014 2015 i don't remember um exactly but we were down in i'm trying to think Texas of what Stadium. generation what generation car that's why i was asking 2014 15 that yeah that that would have probably was that in the fall race uh it was no it was uh towards the oh shit now i don't even remember i don't remember at all i think it was the spring but i could be wrong oh. That was a good time, wasn't it? What down in Texas at that time? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember. <laughs> we got we had three college trips. We were down there for work, and we were we were hitting all these colleges. We were at Texas A and M. We went to uh, Texas Tech and and Rice in Houston. And uh, yeah, it really was a good. <laughs> a good I've trip. never I've never been to the race down there. Nothing. I've been down there before, and Texas is an awesome ass fucking place. Oh like, yeah, they don't. They don't give a fuck down there. It's a different damn world. It's like people are nice down there. I mean, as far as my experiences I've ever had there, like just nice. You don't see a bunch of bullshit going on because, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, you get to certain spots, but I didn't go to those places like whatnot. But yeah, I mean, you stay the fuck out of the city and a lot of shit cures its. Cures itself. I mean, stupidity, fucking like the level of just being a dumbass goes way the hell down. Like the less people you're around, common sense rules. (laughs) Well, yeah. If I hit that mega millions for one billion, I probably would have bought a place down in Texas just to fly in and out of, because like a ranch down there just for the hell of it to have, because it's a good spot. It's a good good atmosphere like you said down there um so let's get back to michigan a little bit you know we were saying it's not a spot to have really a, a surprise winner I mentioned austin hill i was just kind of picking on him um and and to put a cap on the practice situation like if you're able to watch practice it's not necessarily like gonna maybe find you the the exact driver that'll win the race maybe it would but a lot of times practice will help you find guys like you had mentioned Hill for a top 10, like plus three fifty. You could lay your eyes on cars that are in that realm and say like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Or yeah, like that has a really good shot. So that's why practices, you know, should be on television or should be, you know, able to be absorbed by people at any point. Well, here's the thing with Hill, wait it out. Let him practice shitty, getting used to the new card. Let him qualify shitty. Play him in DFS too. Hell, you know, throw throw him in there if he qualifies. Bad. I can guarantee you, he's not going to probably more than likely tear the race car up at least in practice or whatever. He's going to get used to it, try to fill it out, fill it out even throughout the race. I can see him being a late bloomer late in this race, if especially if it turns into chaos. Yeah. Like just getting the restart, nailing it. I'm used to this car. 
And the more used to it he gets, the more comfortable he gets. And you put a damn rookie trying to put on a show right there at the end at Michigan where you're wide open, you know, just hauling ass. I can see him. He, he he's got big balls. Like he, <laughs> he's going to lay that thing on out there, and I can see him moving up and gaining spots that way. And I mean, he's and not been too shabby, and I'm pretty sure he's won a damn truck race here. I'm, I'm almost damn positive. He's won me a ton of up. money in trucks, so he probably won. He probably won here at some point. You, you, I'm pretty sure he did. Like I, I, I'm pretty damn sure, but. I can just see him. I want to get him at a better number though than plus three fifty. You start talking to me at plus six hundred, maybe something like that. Hey, but, you're painting a good picture. I can tell you that. Like that's a that's a fun bet for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I like Austin Hill. He oh. seems like pretty chill, dude. I mean, just country boy. I'm pretty. I'm- I'm cheering for guys like that. Guys that have had success in the truck series because I love the trucks. And I want to see the guys that get promoted do well. You know, you look at Gillen last week with the top five. That's good for him. Um, well, see, a lot of people miss out on the trucks, I believe. You, you're a big truck guy. I love the fucking trucks, especially when they're on Friday night. Me, like yes. That, you're you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, I mean, baby. That's the night. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's. That's my, like, night. I'm just like, I ain't doing shit. Like, don't ask me to do nothing. I got this Friday off. I might grill some shit, <laughs> whatever, on the grill, smoke or something, get off work, you know, at a decent time, come home, fire the smoker up, like, cook some shit. But I'm so pumped for them Friday night trucks. It's fucking chaos. Like, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. It turns into fucking chaos when you put them kids out there at nighttime for some reason <laughs> versus just running in the damn daytime. It, it's, it's fucking electric. It can kill you or you can be the happiest person ever if you gamble on it. Like, But Truck Series to me feels like it's more evened out this year than it has been in the past. I used That used to be the money maker. Like, I'm sweeping these matchups, and I'm going into them knowing I'm sweeping these damn matchups, you know, if I'm using an offshore. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is stupid, whatever the hell. Like, like I wish I wish we had not the not even the differential and laughing at the price. I just wish that we had a Hey, the books now, the legal ones, to step up and offer us more matchups. Like, that's what we're looking for. But I think they they know that, and they know people like, yeah, we'll you know, BU, Skybox. Like, Skybox is all over it. Like, hey, like, I love sending him shit just because at the moment right now, I mean, I'll put some stuff in if it's something, like, I got to have. Like, I'll – I'll call my guy up and he'll put it in for me. He still has a way to get it in, but I just, he's getting a little bit older or whatever, and his health is kind of up and down. That's the only reason I don't use it anymore is because we sporadically see each other and, you know, exchange to either, either way. I mean, it's, and I miss, I miss those matchups though. Like, it makes me want to get, 
I need to probably just go on and start offshore up again or something. But I the mean, more we talk about it, the more I'm starting to lean that way too. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's the only place you're going to find those. You got to find it at those those books that are like that, and that's just the way that it is, I guess. But yeah. I really. I really wish they would throw out more bottom tier guys. I mean, you ain't got to, you ain't even got to fuck up on the pricing. Just get the pricing right and put them out there. You know, you ain't even got to put them in mat, match up four legs. Like yeah. limit those to nothing but straight bets. Like perfectly fine with that. Put them out there. 100%. I mean, I, and I really do have faith that we're getting to that point. Like it seems like they're, they're listening and, and they know that like that's kind of what people want. You know, and they've made so many improvements from like this time last year to what they're offering overall. So I, I think we'll get to that point. The, you know, trucks in general, you know, the fact that we're able even to bet on them in the regular sports books on onshore accounts, like that's, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm they happy have about awesome, that. Yeah, they have awesome options as far as, you know, throwing out five or six matchups here, whatnot. I just, it, I want more, you know. I mean, oh, yeah, need I, it. <laughs> get, give me all of it. Like, I don't want to just see a little bit of it. Just give me the whole damn thing and let me break down the whole entire, like, options that you could possibly put out there. And I think they're getting to it. I think the more the sport – you see that viewership this weekend? That was awesome. Yeah, I did. I mean, I mean that that was awesome for the sport. That shows me they caught up in the 18 to 49 demographic too this week. Like that, that shows me that people are coming in and I love it. Like, hell yeah. The more that we can get in here watching the sport. And even if it is because of gambling, that's what we want. Yeah. We want more and more and more gamblers. Like it makes it better on everybody. 100% agree. Like there, there's never too many cooks in the kitchen. There's, there's never enough. Like, give me more people watching the sport, more people gambling in it. There'll be more options to bet on. You, you'll never, you know, just uh, be a pig in shit at that point. Um, and yeah, and yes, I stole that from Big Worm. <laughs> I, I remember him saying that. I just wanted, but y'all, I keep telling y'all, y'all need to listen to this man. Like he's he's the shit. Like oh. he, he's great. Great to talk to, talk with. He, just hear him. Just hear what he's saying. It's so intelligent. Like it. It's not. It's not bullshit. Not anything. Like he's just straight up, and you know that the man knows what he's talking about. And if you listen to him and pick up on key details, just not half-ass listening. Like there's certain types of things that he says that only like smart people say. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not what your run-of-the-mill average ass just. I'm gonna put some money on this because I'm actually going to this race type thing or whatever. I mean, it's a it's a breakdown of how of how to bet. Yeah, we're talking about Chris Wormy. They've got the podcast on the Bet the Board, the uh, podcast brand and and. You know, he's on every Wednesday night uh, with us pretty much. And yeah, he's, he's been a guest on here. If you're not listening to that podcast, you're, you're doing yourself a, a disservice because like Roy said, like, you know, him and, and Todd his his co-host um, 
they bounce stuff off each other. It's it's just good information to absorb. So well, I um, mean, with Todd, with Todd, even I mean, he knows who the drivers are and everything. Listening to Worm break down the NASCAR portion of it, and then listening to Todd's response just as a gambler and knowing he knows odds and looking at things and he picks up on uh, he's a he's a smart individual like if you if you watch it like listen to any of his shows i listened to the sec one so i just listened to that the other day (laughs) i mean i mean just listening to him and the the guys that he actually knows and brings on his podcast and different things like that it's it's it you're you're not just gambling like you're not just betting on this one sport you know what i'm saying like you treat all sports basically equal when it comes to investing money basically into that like if you're good at it you hit shit you make money like you're investing your money in that you're not gambling i mean and those guys do a very good job of breaking breaking things down. And just if you listen to them, like you can you can learn so much, even if it's not even talking about race. Like just listening to them break down football. I mean, totally it, agree. I feel like like listening to that show on football sounds a lot like one of us breaking down something that we know what we're talking about. Like other sports. I just want to be with, like, whoever the fuck is smart and can make some picks, and I just roll with it. Like, I, right. I go with somebody I trust, and, like, I, it, it's just one of those one of those things. Like, I'm not going to fucking – I could, but I'm not. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I need a break. Like, after <laughs> November until fucking February – like I need a break, but I also need to get my itch by betting on shit. And I only like trust a few handful of damn people's picks. That's that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I I'm a huge college football fan, so hearing you know that pod with uh, Todd and and his guys that he's had on has been uh, good to scratch that ish and, and get ready for that. I'll I'll tell you if you if you follow if you follow at. at at Ants Covers, he, whenever he puts out the Fantastic Max, the little bat thing and whatever g- gift, like whenever he puts that out, you better be banging it because it's always a fucking over. I love overs. And then I'm rooting the hell out of like I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And sometimes the bitch is already cashed in the third or fourth. That I'm like, <laughs> Ant, Ant's ha- has his damn – when he puts that fantastic max out, we got to get him doing those for racing. Like, I, I'm going to have to talk him into doing one this week, I believe. I will be looking for that on my feed this week. Um, I have to keep my eyes peeled and, and be – you know, good at that. So I don't miss it. Um, so let's talk Michigan, you know, the, the race itself, anything that you're looking at as far as like, you know, feels from, from any other tracks this year, you know, the, the, the conversation, I guess that I had with myself was how much stock do you want to put into the, the next gen car, you know, comp tracks, we've got Kansas is one and auto club that, 
you know, I kind of looked at, then you got the, the secondary tracks like, uh, I fantasy racing had, um, Vegas and Charlotte in there. What are you looking at this week? Is there any, is it more so like feels or, um, any particular data set that kind of has you, uh, looking at it a different way? I'm, uh, I'm kind of digging California earlier this year as a, a big sign besides they may not see quite as much tire fall off, but I mean, Michigan's got some age on it now. I'm, I went back and watched yesterday the Xfinity race and I know they four tires was definitely better than two, none, whatever. It wasn't, you know, can I stay out and actually think I got a chance to win this race? Like you might, some of the faster cars. Yeah. But I'm talking about like Barry had a rocket ship. That car was a fucking rocket. I mean, he messed up because of inexperience and first time on a 2.0. Barry's winning this bitch. Like, I'm in the Xfinity this week. You're yeah, saying you're calling yeah. Barry out. Okay. Yes. Yes. Jo- Josh Barry. I like Sam Mayer this week because he's in the one car. Who knows if that translates into the same one car as Barry was in last year? I mean, that fucking thing was fast. It, it it was it was pretty fun. I mean, just imagine how fast that race car was with Josh Berry his first time on a 2.0 mile track and learning on the go when passing on the inside your tail ass is gonna whip out big time. You just gotta experience it, learn from it, hope you don't wreck it and tear the car up. And I mean he did he just he messed up right there at the end like he should have been lower coming in instead of running that damn high line because Dinger got a run on him coming down the back stretch, and that's something you know from learning from losing. Like, won't happen this time. I guarantee you he goes into that damn turn on the low side because, I mean, that car could run anywhere that day. I mean, yeah, it was like lightning up top, higher up, but you can't tell me that out in clean air he ain't going to hold it off for – you know that many laps, so it. I'm I'm curious to see actually what kind of tire wear they have this week because I think that factors in and changes this race up a whole lot. So I was looking at the Goodyear notes. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking at it from Xfinity's standpoint. Um, I don't know if they have much different, uh, but. It doesn't, you know, according to like Jay Ski's site, they're they're not expecting too much, you know, fall off. Um, and it, it's the first time that they're running these these specific tire codes according to the site. Jeez. So um makes it a little bit, you know. See, NASCAR is fucking up by doing that, in my opinion. We want to see tire wear. I don't want to see random ass fucking dudes like up there because they can't drive a race car with worn out tires or, or just wear the tires up, you know, off the car straight off the get go overdrive. And like, I, I don't want to see that. I want to see a tire fall off. Like, I don't know how damn complicated it is to do that. Like it ain't very hard. They just need to bring a softer compound. It lays rubber on the track. It brings in so many other grooves by letting people move up moving the lines up, especially at a place like Michigan. I'm almost expecting now a boring-ass race because of no tire fall-off. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
we'll see. I don't know how. I mean, Chase is obviously a pretty good site. Um, I, you know, they're saying that uh, so there is not a, a high amount of tire wear because of the, the relatively smooth surface and and the specific tire they're bringing here. Um, heat is going to be a, a factor, you know, on this, uh, according to the, the site, the weather and everything. So, um, and I saw somebody on Twitter say it's going to, the chance of them even like getting the race in because of the, the weather, uh, maybe yeah, that, that's a secondary uh, problem, but yeah, Sunday, they always have that problem there though. Like them pop-up showers and things. Yeah. I've seen that race. I'm pretty sure that race has gotten pushed back to a Monday before, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the tire wear stuff. I, I like to see, you know, it just, and it also brings strategy. It brings the crew chiefs into the, the situation as well. Like, you know, how, when are they going to pit? And, you know, if it's, if it's a long run and that sort of thing, like who's going to get out and, and go, it, it, it's a better race overall. Like you said, more grooves and everything. Um, I'm trying to upsetting. figure out if this race could turn into a, one of those damn fuel mileage races. God, well, it's been known for it. Like I have to figure out the state. How many, how many laps is in the final stage? They got it set up. Like, uh, I have, I don't have that info in front of me at the moment, but I mean, you're right. Like now, you know, you got to start thinking that way, you know, who's, who's set up to, to do that sort of thing. And, and now you look at, you know, who's somebody who's going to be good enough to, to be up there and take a shot and, you know, all that, but yeah, yeah live is going to be crucial. Exactly. This week, like you, you might be able to find, find something out there in the middle of it that that looks good or or strategy wise like if you can pick up on it early enough i don't know i'm curious to see i'm gonna have to look at how many laps it is in that final stage and try to figure out a fuel window because that could come right they've been known to have them before but that was back before the damn I think they have had some even even after the stage racing began, but this place was notorious for for running out of gas a lot of times. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. So the odds dropped last night. We're recording this on a Tuesday, and uh, the odds dropped. I guess. We're going to get into a face-off here with head-to-heads where we're trying to predict the future uh, a little, little earlier in the week, so it'll be tougher. We do this on Wednesday nights as well, but um, the points that you're making about seeing practice qualifying and, and live betting, you know, as a regular gambler, you're going to want to take that in consideration. But we're going to have some fun doing the, the face-off here in a second. But any thoughts on the initial odds when you saw them? Like, did they get them right? Was there anybody that was off to you and, and maybe they adjusted, like we were talking earlier about how the books have been doing that? What were your initial thoughts when you saw them drop? Um, I wasn't too surprised. I mean, I would have Elliot as the favorite, I believe, going into this. I mean, he's had pretty good success at Michigan in the past. Just, I remember one year, him and Joey Logano were like just basically the same car, and whoever could just get out front, it was no way to pass. And I hope to God we don't see that. Like that. That's like the worst thing ever is you have somebody that you think may be the better car and they don't even get the opportunity to pass because they're just in such a 
shit package. It's more just a drafting package wide open, hold it down. And whoever's got the car that can go wide open here the longest seems to seems to be the car that comes out on top. I mean, I don't know. I the one probably some books opened Eric Jones at like forty to one, maybe. I know a lot of people, you know, are high on him this week. And I mean, I could see it happening. Like, I guess, like, it's just a lot of variables that got to go right over there for them, it feels like. Cause I mean, he's been running like absolute dog shit for the most part. And I know this is where, you know, he got a good run in early in the year. I'm just. I'm just more so wondering if they didn't just guess the setup right at a few tracks earlier this year, and then now they're struggling with this car somewhat. I, yeah, I'd I'd hope that it's not the case. Like I, I would hope that this is uh, a matter of like the next gen car kind of level in the playing field, and Eric Jones is just you know talented enough to outperform the equipment in some scenarios. But uh, this is going to be a good temperature check for something like that. Like if he goes out and he does perform well here and you're comparing that to auto club where, you know, he did do well or wherever we were at um, that he did perform well earlier in the season. Um, then maybe, you know, that is a next gen thing and it's not just missing the setup or not just guessing right on the setup, uh, which I would like to see because I, I want to see more cars each week being able to, to compete and, and make me money in like a top 10 scenario. Uh, but yeah, he's oh, down. Absolutely. He's down to 2,500 right now um, compared to, to plus um, 4,000. So, yeah, somebody hit him quick. Yeah, somebody watched, got I watched, on top. I watched, I watched it. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good, good pick this week, but where, where I was looking at that 40 to one at, they still hadn't posted fives or top 10. So, that's, you're right on with that. I was just would like that forty to one number at his top ten price. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. That that would be the bet to do. Like, screw the taking the outright. Just put enough money on him to hit the fucking top ten for the. I know for the outright. Yeah, he's definitely somebody that I was looking at for a top ten, and and DraftKings has him at minus one ten, and that's I'm not I I can't take that. I'm hoping Barstool gives me some some more. Uh, something more fun to work with, but um, yeah, he was somebody that was a big mover um, and chase is your favorite plus 600. You know, there's a big drop off. You know, if you're really looking for a, a super long shot, there's a big drop off from Bowman to Briscoe and Dylan and Cindric, And it goes from plus 2,500 to plus 5,000. Um, I'll tell you somebody that's interesting. Okay. Suarez. So Suarez is going off at just before 25. 25. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, he's got two top fives here in the past five races. And I consider that pretty damn good. I, I would say they were in the Stuart Haas cars. I would – I haven't looked back. I just know he does have two top fives because I looked the driver averages up over the last five races. So he's in what I consider he was in really good super speedway type speed, like speedway mile and a half equipment back then. And I'm sure they probably used about the same, same race package and whatnot. 
as Harvard did. I mean, Harvard used to dominate this place with Stuart Haas. And, like, I can see him in this track house car. He ran fourth at California earlier this year. I know the tire fall off was more there, but uh, I feel like that that team and, and him, he's gotten to where he doesn't tear the car up early in the race if it's not good and they make it better even if it wasn't good to start. He's especially one of those guys this week. Like, you want to grab him early because I think he's going to be fast in practice and his odds are probably going to drop a little bit. Good call out. Um, in the eight races that I'm looking at in my set here, he's got three top fives. Um, so that's including, you know, Auto Club from this year, I guess, and then the two that you had just called out. So um, three for eight, top fives, not too shabby for someone at that number. Um, and, and, you know, even if you want to take him top 10 uh, or find him in a matchup, you know, so Daniel Suarez, definitely somebody to watch. I like that call out there, Roy. That's pretty good. Um, so let's, let's call out some other guys for, or maybe you'll, you'll call out Suarez in a second here, but we're going to get into the, the face off here where we're going to break down some head to head matchups. Um, it's the first time you ever heard this. What we like to do here is when we have guests on, we, we each are going to call out, um, head-to-head matchup. So I'll default to you, Rory, if you want to go first and take two matchups or if you want me to take the two. Um, but normally, you know, the guests would go first. So, Rory, you can have first pick, and you can choose any head-to-head matchup you want that you can find out there. And tell us the driver that you're taking. You know, tell us why. And then I'm going to get stuck with the other driver. Um, and then, you know, I'll do mine. I, I've got a, a matchup in mind, and then Rory will get stuck with that one. And then the, the third uh, would be Rory taking the, the rubber match. And what's going to end up happening here is I'll put the bad Photoshop tail the tape out. We'll see who we have. And uh, on race day, we'll have a winner. Um, so what would you like to do? You want to take two matchups, Rory, or, or uh, do you want me to take two? I'm taking full advantage of me picking two versus Hell yeah. one. I like, like it. I, I like it. So who are you kicking us off with then? Cause I've got one oh. matchup in mind. I did this to, to Chris Wormy when he was on and he took my matchup uh, that I had in mind. So I'm going to put the, the bad juju out there to you and say uh, like, don't take my guy. So who's, who's your matchup? Tyler Reddick plus one Oh five versus Denny Hamlet. Oh, so that kills me, but I, I'll tell you why in a second. But go ahead. So Tyler Reddick, it's not the reason you think, but go ahead. Tyler Reddick, the underdog against him. Yeah, that's laughable. <laughs> I mean, really, like, yeah, if you're if you're more so going to go off this matchup and pay juice off the trust of Hamlin, maybe. Like, but Reddick, I believe, is going to have some – this is his right up his alley, like, type of track. I can see him winning back-to-back. I mean, he's been good. He was dominating in California. So, if you compare California to here earlier this year, just pretty much the closest representation of that car on a 2.0-mile track, not as much banking and higher tire wear, but that car was a fucking rocket ship. I like the pick, Um, and I think that momentum has a lot to say about it. As well, I mean, you're, you're calling out the two guys who won the last two races. Um, so Hamlin, you know, doesn't have no momentum. Uh, but yeah, Reddick is on a lot of people's minds, I think, 
Uh, because of that race at, at Auto Club, it, he probably should have won the race. And I'm looking at his lines right now. I'm trying to pull him up to see what he is to win the race. He's plus 1,200 to win the race. That's not too shabby um, for, for someone who kind of just missed last time if it wasn't for a blown tire. I'll, I'll make a case for Hamlin since I'm getting stuck with him. And my case is that if you're looking at you know the iFantasy Racing stats, uh, green flag speed this year on those four tracks, Auto Club, Vegas, Kansas, and Charlotte. Denny Hamlin is surprisingly the fastest, according to Green Flag Speed. Um, Auto Club, where Reddick was, you know, arguably dominant, he was fifth. And Hamlin was seventh in Green Flag Speed. Now, we don't want to go all in on one stat, right? So, Green Flag Speed, I don't use it as like an end-all, be-all. It's more of just like a, a temperature check kind of thing. Um, and when I see someone in this case, like Hamlin, he's number one in that stat, Okay, I'll, I'll get a little excited about the fact that I'm getting left with Denny Hamlin here. And and you mentioned like his track history here. You know, is he able to rekindle that? I mean, the, the eight tracks that I'm caring about, it's the last five at Michigan, two at Kansas and, and the last one at uh, Auto Club this year. Um, Hamlin's got five top fives, six top ten. So it's not a layup. You're, you're taking the underdog. I mean, the, the books have them as an underdog for a reason. So I can't hate the fact that I'm getting stuck with Denny Hamlin here. There are reasons to like it, but I also do agree with your take that, that Reddick, there's some intangible stuff there that uh, is speaking to Reddick. So um, it's a ballsy choice, but we'll bold strategy, Cotton, as they say. We'll see if it pays off for him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, good pick. I don't, I mean, it's, it's one of those more so just. I'm going to just bet the underdog versus Hamlin, too. I mean, Hamlin wouldn't be a bad choice in this situation. I just – I feel like that team has had problems all year. They've hit it some weeks. They've hit it not so much some weeks. And I don't I don't really look for this to be one – I think he's going to be good in the playoffs. Like, I can see him – they just kind of been whatever, trying out different things, just flirting with the car because, I mean, once you got that second win, like, it's gravy. It's basically I'm in. Like, yeah. it, it ain't going to be that many that wins two races to get in. So, they – gay parts are great through Chief. I mean, can't nobody – can't nobody deny that. Like, he's, he's all of a crew chief. I think he's figuring this car out. I think they got a lot of strong tracks that are getting ready to come up. I just look for I feel like Chevrolet horsepower wise, this is this is a Chevrolet type week. That's interesting you say that. Um because so I'm gonna be calling out two Chevys in a second here, but Ford has just been dominant as far as the winners are concerned. I haven't sometimes when I see like a dominant manufacturer, I, I like to click into each race and see like, you know the top tens for each and, and try to see, you know, was it really just the winner and, and everybody else from that manufacturer sucked. Uh, but Ford, you know, I, I talked about it in my, my intro um, to the podcast, like Ford has been great here. So it's interesting that you kind of feel that Chevy has a chance. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, Ford this week, I love Ford. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a Hendrick. Penske and then the two track house cars. Like okay. I can totally see totally see them 
like Joey Logano, I think, is not being talked about a whole lot. And if you're telling me that it's not high tire wear, he seems to like run really good on not high tire wear tracks as far as staying in the throttle more. And if they can get that car hooked up, which I think they will, I feel like he's he's a sleeper that everybody's going to be talking about Blaney because he's the defending winner of this race and he hasn't won a race yet this year and he has been fast everywhere. Like I feel like he, he's the one that everybody's on and it's like, don't forget about Joey. Like Joey's had pretty damn good success here at Michigan and, and maybe similar type of racing as what we're maybe looking to see. I mean, they, they're doing PJ one here. Um, I didn't see that on the the Jayski site, so I didn't hear that. Um, but well, oops, I mean, sorry. now they mo- mostly do resin with the tire dragon or whatever. But I mean, just trying to figure out if they did have some kind of compound down to to create. The bad part about that is, like, even on a track like this, I think it takes away from it if they are putting it down because a lot of times that's how Michigan can get to being as if this race does turn into one of those where somebody's better up high and somebody can't run the bottom. And that's what won Harvick a lot of races here was that damn car could run any damn where on the track if he needed it to. But on the bottom, out in clean air, it was trimmed out. Like, that That car was dominant here. That, that was a fast-ass race car. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can't argue with that because uh, Joey Logano was my my top forward pick that I called out to to win the race. I like his number. I mean, I feel – and I also feel like if I take Blaney, uh, he doesn't do well. So I'm kind of doing like you a wink. You and me both. I don't, I, I don't know if I've ever hit Blaney. He's so sporadic. Like, like I, yes, I have. I hit him at Talladega. I, I, I have hit him, him at Talladega as well. This yeah, year – I mean, I, obviously this year. He hasn't won, but um, I, I just jinx him. So we're we're gonna wink, wink, not take him. And and Logano is the guy that I called out. Like when I'm looking at the Ford camp and I'm saying, shit, Ford's good here. Who are they gonna? Who's gonna step up? Logano is the one with the best value, in my opinion, and the best stats. Um, and you know, a crew chief that could get it done in situation. So I'm glad that you called out Logano. It gives me more um, confidence there. But um, yeah, the the next matchup uh, that I actually real quick while we're on the, the conversation of tires, I've got the quote here from the Goodyear director of racing. Uh, he said, excessive and sustained heat is the enemy of a race tire. When you have a smooth track surface like the one at Michigan, tires just don't wear naturally. Heat gets generated the more the tires run, but on most tracks that the heat gets dissipated as the tread wears at Michigan as other low wear track, low wear tracks. We designed the tire with an appropriate formulated tread compound and minimal tread gauge to help control that heat generation and enable the tire to run at a more optimal performance level. So they're preparing the the tire 
to try to make up for the fact that there's going to be excessive heat, but he does not seem too confident um, in that he's already, I already see like excuses in that explanation. So that's the the breakdown there to get a little bit more detailed into the, the tire. Oh yeah. That's what I like to hear. It's going to be hot <laughs> as hell and we ain't got no solution. For that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're getting, you know, they're getting paid the big bucks for that. Um, all right. So I was upset with your pick, uh, because it, it took something away from mine. Now I wasn't going to take Reddick, but I was going to bet against Hamlin because I wanted somebody specific. And now I'm just going to have to adjust my bet. I'm taking the same guy that I wanted, but it's going to be a, a different uh, person for you. So kind of a similar situation, actually. I'm taking an underdog in this matchup and I'm going with your boy, Kyle Larson. Uh, I wanted to get him from you, so I didn't have to face him because I wasn't sure if you were going to take him in a matchup. But I wanted him against Hamlin at even money. Uh, but now I'm taking him plus 100 against Chase Elliott. So you're getting the the favorite, which you can't be too uh, upset about there. But the reason I'm taking Larson, and I'm taking him to win the race as well, plus 700. I think 700 is a steal. I think his stats here are unbelievable. I talked about it earlier on the podcast. Um but this is more so like Elliot compared to Larson in the, the eight races that I care about. Uh, Elliot's got five top tens, which is great. But Larson has five top fives. So essentially, if he's in the top 10, he's in the top five, whereas Elliot only has one top five in that span. So when they're head to head against each other, I want a guy whose you know spectrum is more towards the front. Then if you look at 2022, two specifically the four races that we called out um that are supposedly comp tracks we're, we're a little bit of a stretch with with charlotte and uh vegas but still kyle larson's average finish is 3.5 i mean that that's just unbelievable whereas you know chase elliott you have to go down the list a little bit to find his average finish it's actually 24.3 so you know really something that stands out to me there. And then if you're taking it one step further to the, the green flag speed, Larson has him beat there as well. Uh, he's fourth in that category compared to Elliot's 13. So I was a little shocked, honestly, I think the odds are set the way they are because Elliot's just on one. Right. So there's a point in time where like these stats that I'm calling out, just completely go out the window and we've got a driver who's just completely on it. The team is on it. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with Elliot uh, being the favorite in this race and in this matchup, but I'm fine taking Larson with these numbers to win and in this matchup, and I'm fine taking your boy from you. So uh, how do you feel about getting stuck with Elliot in this one? I don't mind it. I mean, I feel like one of these two guys is going to be up there come Sunday. Like, uh, wouldn't be a matchup that I would take personally myself because, I mean, I – I want Larson to win. I'm a Larson guy. Like, but Elliott's had the damn speed. Like, he he's taken over this race car, and it ain't just on road courses. I mean, fuck, he can't win a road course. That's he right. Wins on ovals now. That's right. Like, he's an oval guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he kind of debunked that whole whole thing fairly quickly. And I mean, I was fortunate enough to be on him at Dover, and I mean, I don't mind Chase. I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I'm a Hendrick guy. I mean, I 
I love Chase. Chase is cool, dude. Like, met him before down them pits at Richmond one year. Like, not for long, but it was he, – he was, like, 19-year-old kid. They were trying to jerk him, taking him on, like, somewhere that he had to be <laughs> right then that morning. Race is in this big-ass rain delay, but they're still going on with these damn, you know, the schedule yeah, as yeah. far as, <laughs> like, like meet and greet, whatever the hell. So, he wanted to sit there and talk, and they were, like, grabbing him to pull him up. And I was like, fuck. He was like, I'll be back in just a minute. And I didn't have time. I walked on. We walked on down, circled around, just checking out everything. Didn't see him again. But, hey, he seems, like, pretty chill you know, down-to-earth guy. And I don't mind having him here at Michigan. I think some of those results may have been bad luck. Other things, I couldn't remember. Like, I'd have to go back and look and see exactly what happened to him to cause those averages because he, he tends to find the shit somehow a lot of times. Like, just unluckiness, whatever it is. But, I mean, usually if he's got a fast-ass race car, like, I think he's going to have on Sunday. I'm real high on Hendrick this week. I think, I think Hendrick shows up with something. I mean, they ain't no, ain't no doubt, ain't no doubt about it. I don't think they don't show up. Yeah, I mean, and and I guess if I'm going to make a case against the guy that I chose, I mean, the the stats that I called out for uh, Chase, you know, they were earlier in the year, so. Um, Larson, you know, he, he's got the history and, and chase with these numbers that I called out to try to convince myself of Larson chase has kind of figured it out recently. So um, there's, there's definitely, you know, a reason why he's the favorite in the matchup, but um, yeah, I, I'm feeling confident in Larson uh, this week at a racetrack that he's been consistent at over the years. Um, so happy with, the fact that I got him in a, in a matchup, I wanted him against Hamlin, but uh, I'll take him against Chase as a, as a longer shot. So um, let's finish it out here. Last pick, Rory, who are you going to go with here to solidify the face-off this week? I'm going to go with Christopher Bell, minus 105 against Martin Truex, minus 115. Wow, another uh, underdog, dude. Yeah, I, I like Christopher Bell. He's he's came to life. They ran out of the bad luck, it seems like, for the most part. And that that kid can drive. Like he's been pretty impressive since all the way back in the truck series, just moving forward. Like, yeah, I know all these teams have great equipment that he's drove for, but look at what the hell he's done in each series. Like that shows me somebody that's going to be a cup driver for a really long time. Like, just just can drive. I think it took him a little while to get used to this car, maybe at the beginning of the year, just a little bit. They, they also were just missing setups and different things. But him, to me, has been the most impressive gift driver over the past two months, in my opinion. I mean, they – they got, got a little momentum running for him, and he just – I think this this track type fits his driving style a whole lot, kind of like Kyle Larson, like you were saying. Like, I, if we're, we're going to see hot and slick, I'd expect this boy to be up there on hot and slick. 
Well, I can't argue that. Um, I think it's a, a good pick with, you know, kind of the the more recent momentum, like you're saying, Christopher Bell. I mean, I kind of feel sorry for Christopher Bell in a way because he, he was always – Gibbs doesn't give that 20 car much, uh, much of a leash. So um, that is uh, good to see that he's able to, you know, get well, that – go ahead. You kind of got to think about it. Though. Look at what the hell he put out of that 20 car and put this kid in and it has actually stuck stuck with him and the sponsors seem to like him because he's clean cut well spoken he he draws he draws in those people that gives has ties to already and keeps those consistent sponsors and i feel like like he really can drive a damn race car like there's no doubt that that kid he, he's getting better and better, and he's one to watch out for for years to come. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I I am nervous in this matchup. Truex is just an enigma to me this year. And, you know, you see Bell kind of, you know, battle of Toyotas, right? So you don't really have a manufacturer to kind of pick over the other. Um, Truex, I, I cannot figure out. I don't think anybody really can figure him out, but – what I'll try to say here is looking at the, the last eight races that I'm caring about, he's got seven top tens. So there is some consistency there. Whereas uh, Christopher Bell, you know, he's only raced six of those eight races. He's got two top tens. So his top 10 percentage is, is not even close to the number that we're getting with Truex. So, um, you know, that's, that's one thing that I can say, all right, I'll hang my hat on that and, and give that a look. Truex, um, or, or excuse me, Christopher Bell does have the advantage in green flag speed, if that's a stat that you care about. Um, so it's it's pretty even. I mean, Truex has the driver rating in the last eight races. Looking at the last four races, it's Christopher Bell. Excuse me, no, Martin Truex um, in the four races that are comp this year. So it's back and forth, and I think momentum has something to say about it. I mean, Christopher Bell has been good lately. So I – don't hate Truex because of you know the stats that I'm seeing, but he has just made me like completely rethink my life choices at some points this year. So um, it's tough for me to be like, yeah, I'm all in on Truex because you can't be. So uh, if it ends up being a victory in this head-to-head, then I'll take it. But uh, I think you know if you were forced to take it, I think you chose the right one. So um, going with the young gun in the 20 car. So to, to recap the picks. We've got Christopher Bell over – Rory has Christopher Bell over Martin Truex, who I have. I'm taking Kyle Larson over Chase Elliott, and Rory is taking Tyler Reddick over Denny Hamlin, who I am stuck with. So I will put the tail of the tape out there, get some people to vote on that, see who everybody thinks. I was beat last time by Ry Cape when he was on uh, for Pocono, so I'm coming off a loss. I'm anxious. He told, uh, he told me to give you another L this week. <laughs> Did he really? Well, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't feel good to to lose the the matchups. It doesn't happen very often. Like I need to go back and look and see how many times I've lost. It's not many. So uh, I don't. And, I don't care what anybody says though. You at least gave me some tire information. I'm still waiting on Derek to send me the fucking tire information. <laughs> and then Phil just pulls up all kinds of shit. <laughs> well, you know, 
maybe uh i don't know maybe derek has a different uh source and he'll give you some some better info but um i'm just i'm just poking on him yeah I know he's gonna be like he's gonna be listening to this <laughs> and by the time he listens to this he'll have you he'll have you with all the info too he like, god damn yeah <laughs> what if he forgets to send it to me though and then i called it out <laughs> he's gonna be like you asshole <laughs> that's funny we'll have to change the subject in the group thread and then uh maybe he'll forget <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so any other thoughts on Michigan before we we close it out here tonight, Rory? I mean, it, you know, we talked about you talked about a couple guys that you were leaning towards who may be worth a couple longer shots and Suarez and, you know, wish we had Jones at a different number, but he's somebody to kind of look for. We both kind of like Logano in certain ways. Um, anything else to, to throw out there for anyone who's um, looking for for something half decent? William Byron. Plus thirteen hundred. How the fuck do you not take that guy at this type of track? I know he's had a run of just shit, but he he still performed well in Atlanta. Like he had a fast car there. I feel like this is going back to some of his strong suits. I feel like that team's been tinkering a whole lot and kind of playing around a little bit just because of how set they have been early on in the year. I mean, he's had two wins since when? Martins? Martins was the second win? I believe that season. was his – I think that was his second win of the year. Yeah, so, he won, I mean, Yeah. He yeah, won the Atlanta. Locked, they knew they'd been locked in. So, they – you know, they could have won Richmond. They were pretty damn close to winning Richmond, but the tire fall-off was – horrendous right there trying to do what they did but it was worth the worth the gamble i mean it still pulled him a third place finish but i i just feel like this is his type of track set up i think he won here in the nine car in xfinity if i'm not mistaken for junior that that year that he drove for him so uh, i can see that guy being up there you you may want to grab a top five because one thing i can say about byron is most of the time when he does have a fast race car, he gets it at least to the finish line too. He might get beat, but he gets you still that damn top five or whatever. Like I would say his top five odds are at least 250. He, top five right now on DraftKings is plus 150. 150. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, still not too shabby. I mean, you know. I'm waiting. I'm parcel waiting somewhere. I'm waiting on – yeah, I was going to say, I'm waiting on somewhere to drop them and see how much they bust them by because usually usually it's at least 30 or 40 cent better. I like the, I like the call-out because, um, I mean, if we're, if we're considering Auto Club a decent comparison, he did get caught up in something at Auto Club, finished 34, so maybe he's off some people's radar. Um, and he was second in speed like green flag speed at that racetrack. He's actually third overall in green flag speed in the, the comp track. So um, he was good until he, until he wiped Reddick out. Right. When he, yeah. He, he was, the, he was the one yeah. who, when Reddick blew his tire, he was the one who got into him. So, um, yeah. you know, finished 16th at Kansas. If, if, you know, looking at that number, he, he's, he's a good at that number plus 1300. That's worth a shot. And, and they're good. Yeah. They're like either good off the truck or they're not. So you'll know, pretty quick i mean i think that was uh our guy wormy said that before it was um and he's yeah. dead on with that i mean he's a he's a driver who's like that you run into these guys who who they either have it or they don't 
And this season, that's kind of been their story. Um, he'll develop as, as he becomes more of a veteran to be able to adjust and the team will be able to adjust like some of the other guys where they can make something out of nothing off the truck, but they're not there yet. So you'll know uh, when they unload, if they've got something to work with and if that plus 1300 number is worth it. So I, I, I like to call out good. Uh, I put you on the spot and you came through there. It's good stuff. If somebody else I'd keep an eye on is after practice and whatnot. I would wait, but just Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Like, like let him drop, let him qualify like shit, and then take him after qualifying for top ten, top five, anything. You can get plus money on the top ten, take the top ten. If you got to move up to a top five to get some plus money, then then just roll with the top five, put some damn coin on him and – and that's somebody that has shown over the year that he can put the car up front. And then look at his Pocono run. Qualified like ass. And then he's running fourth at the end of that damn race and had a really fast race car at the end of that race. I'm on Harvick. Uh, I feel like you have to be, I mean, for a number of different reasons. But I'm on Harvick in, in at least the top 10 if he can get plus money. And uh, – you know, I'm I'm nervous because I'm not sure how he's gonna to qualify. Like you mentioned, you know, let him qualify like shit. Well, what if he doesn't? You know what I mean? Because then his value drops, and you're not gonna be able to get him at a, a decent clip. So um, he's plus twenty five hundred to win the race. I mean, this is a guy who won three of the last four or something like that. He's got decent stats. It's this is a <clears throat> this year thing, and um, I guess if it's not gonna be here, then it's not gonna be anywhere. So. I- I think if Harvick wins this race, it's a fuel mileage race. I think he would be a great pick for that. I feel like placement value on Harvick this week is if if you feel like he's going to qualify good, grab him early, like you said. I just don't think they're going to qualify good, and I think they're going to have one hell of a damn race set up. And I think the more if this track does turn into high tire wear and they and they don't have an answer for it, I can see Harvick being up there at the end of this race. Because I mean, Kevin Harvick is is maybe the most underrated driver in the history of NASCAR as far as if he wouldn't have been in stuck over there at Childress and kept re-signing and got with somebody like Hendrick at an early age, like even through his little children's stint. He goes to Hendrick in the prime of his career. Holy hell. Like, Duke can straight will a race car. And then you put him with maybe the best, probably the best crew chief in the garage. I mean, I consider Childers, uh, he's right up there. Like, Helm, them, Chad Canals during that era. I mean, now you're rolling into gay parts. And and Cliff Daniels, I mean, he reminds me so much of Chad Knauss. Just he's calm, cool, collective, calms his driver down. Just like, what are you bitching about? We still got half a race left. Like, <laughs> I, I get this damn thing straight if you quit, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they fire right back. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I used to always listen to Jimmy at the track when I went. I'd always get on his scanner, listen. That was entertainment during that race. Like, it just especially especially on a shitty day that turns into a good day. Like the stuff that you would hear on there, and it it's so much so much like those two now 
I feel like. And I don't know. I mean, Michigan this week, it just always carries out big hitters most of the time. I mean, even if you go back to Dale Jarrett winning here, I mean, that wasn't a damn Wood Brothers car, you know. I mean, they 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 know how to run on the fast tracks. They're they're one of the best that's ever done this, if not the best that best that's ever done this on the big tracks. I mean, they they know how to get it get it around there. I mean, if Trevor Bain won a fucking Daytona five hundred their car. I mean, go talk. Yeah. Well, um, great stuff as always. I mean, the the content the the info, the story, Rory's stories, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, definitely entertaining and, and fun to listen to. Um, so any other thoughts before we, we close it out? I mean, it doesn't even have to be gambling related. Any other thoughts before we uh, shut it down? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's really cool that I met all you guys like, Y'all, y'all are a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun talking NASCAR. Like it's, it's a pretty big community that's growing and growing. And I mean, it comes comes from people I feel like like us, like garage guys, people like that that's throwing, throw, laying a little coin on something like my man Skybox. If y'all ain't following my man Skybox, y'all are missing out because, like he he is. He is on a fucking heater for oh, man. right now. <laughs> he's he's going to be telling his grandkids about the month of July and gambling on NASCAR. Like at Skybox NASCAR, he is on one, like to say the least. There's nobody hotter in the game than than he is right now. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, can can you imagine if me and him started a podcast? Like, I, I can't. That, I mean, is this a tease, Rory? Like, could you imagine if they, if you guys got together? That would be really cool. We'll just go with Skybox's picks and I'm entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I I put out some decent ones, but that dude, man, he, he's on it. Especially if you got an offshore account or whatever, like if you have that, follow him. Like he, he is the man to follow like he puts out winning cards weekly and he does it the right way it's through matchups got some outrights he's got a good displacement going on and really really sharp guy and i mean that that really it really helps us out a whole lot too i mean we know it is like it was like saturday i'm like fuck it i'm taking home and that's why i'm pissed at myself now we're not just fucking throwing every damn thing I had in my fucking account on here. <laughs> like, like I knew it was gonna happen. I'm like, this motherfucker's on hater, and he's already like, he 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 had a hell of a lot more money <laughs> than what he actually put that account <laughs> as. I mean, he was confident in him, and I should have just rolled on with him and threw it all. But yeah, I mean. Uh, I really it, it's really hard to believe where where the fuck we came from. Like it, I believe it was me, you and Derek, and then how many other fucking people on on it one like the first time Wait, he, he did the guys. yeah, he did the Derek did the uh Twitter spaces. Yeah. I mean it, it, there wasn't very many people and yeah, I mean still started talking. Little guest, I told him 
I seen where he where he posted it, and I had shit going on. And then the following week, he posted it, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "I missed last week, whatever." I was like, "I got you this week," and like I was like, "I'm gonna retweet the shit out of this. We're gonna get some at least people in here because I know some fucking NASCAR people. Like <laughs> we we can get." <laughs> We can get a few of them up in here, I believe. Hold on. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're on there. Like, it, well, you're on there as co-host, whatever, and, and get to talking to y'all and just shooting the shit. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's like. Hey, There's structure cool. to it. There's structure yeah. to it. And this is uh, a mean, real thing now. Derek, Derek's the fucking man. Like, when it comes to organization and, you know, going – making an actual show times everything like that's all like he he's fucking man like he he is he's a great host like the questions and everything he takes on and and his voice his voice is just is perfect like for for radio and that's what i consider our show like it's yeah it's the coolest shit ever i mean I wanted to get wherever we got so many fucking people asking questions that Derek just turns the show over to me for the rest of the night. And then we just drive him off of there because he's like, well, you got 30 seconds. That's bullshit, motherfucker. 30 seconds is a long time as slow as I talk, goddammit. That's hilarious. I mean, uh, the point is is correct. It's been hilarious and and you know, great times, good picks, like getting to know everybody. It's just been all good stuff. Derek's definitely spearheading that. He's very organized. And if you're not following every Wednesday nights, if you like what you're listening to here, if you haven't heard Rory and I together, well, you can hear every Wednesday night on Twitter at picks by blaze. We'll retweet everything out. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, we make picks on head to head matchups and then we kind of, talk to anybody who's in the, the audience who wants to bring up any topics. It's, it is really a radio show on Twitter and, and Derek does a great job organizing it. So um, we can find you at Rory picks and then maybe, I don't know, maybe a tease, maybe some other places uh, down the road. You kind of threw something out there a second ago. So we'll see if we have any news later in the year, but um, any other place we can support you Rory? Uh no, just here. I need to I need to break down and get on the Instagram with you. I heard you're the, you're quite the Instagram hit over there. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize there was an Instagram NASCAR till oh yeah, fucking Phil's the man over there, and I'm like, well fuck, I'm gonna get on over there. Like <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm the man. Like I don't have that many followers over there, but I think you know. The, the platforms are different for different reasons. Right. And I, I like Instagram cause you can be like a little bit more creative, like with your posts. I like the, the stories to post like the, the pics cause it doesn't like kind of flood the, um, the, the feed and everything like that. So it, you know, I just liked that concept. That's kind of how I got started. And then I, I dipped into Twitter with, with Derek and, and those types of things. So I'm kind of getting used to Twitter a little bit, but um, you, yeah, you I mean, I, I love it. You need you need to download the fucking app on your phone so you can see what the fuck we're saying. <laughs> I've got it on my phone. I don't have notifications <laughs> on, though, because you motherfuckers talk so goddamn much. <laughs> my so phone like battery will be dying. So yeah. like Derek, I invited him into that NASCAR chat, and he's like, 
Oh, thanks a fucking lot, Rory. Now I got down. <laughs> my battery life is gone to hell. I'm like, maybe you need to damn dim your lighting or something to save some battery. Hell, buy external battery batteries. Mode. There you hey, go. Hey, external batteries. I got them all over the place. <laughs> I do not go dead when I'm trying to watch the fucking race if I'm not at home or whatever. Like, I don't miss races if I'm listening, if I'm watching. I'm doing something where I, I have the race on. Ain't going to happen I get stuck on vacation or wherever. Charging becomes an issue. Like, battery banks are so fucking cheap now. Like, buy you a big-ass one that'll charge up a bunch of shit at one time. Oh, yeah? I mean, I'm fucking, hillbill- I'm fucking hillbilly, and I goddamn got that down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll have to take that advice. I'll post as soon as I buy one. I'll buy one this week. I'll send you a picture. There you go. You got to have one. We're in the year of 2022. Like, come on. <laughs> them damn things for years. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a while uh, to, to make it work, but I had an absolute blast tonight. So I appreciate you, you coming on and talking everything with me and getting a face off in. We'll see who comes out the other side with this face off. Uh, should be a, an interesting race. A lot of question marks around this race right now on a Tuesday night going into Michigan. So, um, thanks again, Rory. Oh, we gotta give out. We gotta give out a couple of outrights. Okay. And we ain't, and we ain't done the toolhangers.com bet of the week. Man. Well, I, I recorded that part beforehand, um, oh. or, but I didn't record that part yet. So I'm still kind of uh, uh, getting to that. Uh, I have not narrowed in my my tool hangers pick of the week, but hey. How about this? Do you want to pick it for me right now? Do you have a lean? You're, you're on. You want to pick the tool hangers better of the week and win some people some money yeah, on the tool hangers? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, okay. We'll absolutely let's let's curate that. a tool hangers pick of the week right now together. It'll be the last part of the show. If anybody's waiting for the, the toolhangers.com pick of the week. And as you're doing that, I'll, I'll tell everyone about toolhangers.com. All right, so it'll give you a second to kind of, you know, look through what the picks are, but it's toolhangers with a Z on the end.com. And this is a, a place that has reached out because they wanted to, you know, get involved in some way. And each week I get $10 allotted to me to place a bet. And the last couple of weeks I missed, I've uh, been pretty good on head to heads. We've got a pot now with the amount of money that I've won. It's up to like 55 bucks. So that money is going to be given out to someone at the end of the day, regular season Daytona race um, towards a, a gift card to the site. And they specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, anything that you have kind of laying around, you want to you know, organize your workspace in any particular way. This is a website that you can go to to help with that. Made in the USA Real deal stuff. So uh, definitely give them a look. And this week, well, Rory, you put me on the spot. So now I'm putting you on the spot. What's the tool hangers better of the week, man? I haven't uh, I haven't looked at it, so I'm going to default to you. We're, we're going to go with me and me go top five plus 350. Wow. Holy shit. That is uh, wow. I have not taken a tool hangers better of the week more than like plus 150. So if this, know, hits, this why, is a big one. They call me plus money. Okay. That's what, that's what some people call me. They're like, 
Dude, you hit more fucking plus money bets than anybody I've ever seen in my life, regardless of golf, whatever. That's what I shoot for. Like, I like hitting them plus money bets. Let's roll with me, amigo. He might even damn find it doing donuts here come Sunday evening. So the 99 car, Daniel Suarez, plus 350 to finish top five. That's the bet of the week this week. That would be quite a bit of money in the pot. So um, that is that is awesome. I might have to clip this and, and put that out there in a in a video. So, so unbelievable pick. Be like, Don't bring that motherfucker back on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, never well, let him pick the tool hangers back anymore. I've been so my mindset. I mean, it's hilarious that that's where your mind went because my mind was going towards head to heads because I've been. Taking some swings at like last week, I did Chevy one, two. It was hitting until the last, uh, until Chastain did his thing, um, you know, and, and everything went to shit. But uh, and then the week before that, I, I took a, a non head to head. But when I take the head to heads, it's not a huge return for the piggy bank, but it's something. And so my head, my head was like, okay, well, I got to take, you know, like Blaney over Truax or, or something like that um, to make it, you know, easier, even though it'd be like $9 return. We're going all out, though. We're going Suarez, top five. I'm in for it. Let's swing for the fences. We're coming down to the end of the season. Need to add some money to the pot. So, um, yeah, the our, our buddy uh, at toolhangers.com, hopefully he's listening and, uh, you know, cheering for Suarez. I need, I need to talk to him. I, I need – I got a garage building going on, like, later on this fall, like cleaning my shit out and getting my shit organized. So, I, I need to talk to him. Talk to him. Well, I'll I'll keep saying I'm going to tweet out the uh, the link to the he has a, a section on there for the bets. So uh, I'll tweet that link out. We got to get people kind of registered for that gift card after Daytona. Um, so that'll be a good chance to to get people associated. Uh, I, sh- I should have done that already, but um, that is uh, an absolute home run swing here for Suarez bet of the week. What a, what a way to round it out. I was thinking that, you know, we were winding it down and we just revved it up to, to, you know, zero to 60 really quick here. Um, so I love it. I love it. And I'll tease the, the bet of the week earlier in the uh, episode when I record that part of the finishing position. So great. He was pretty good at, he was pretty good at Pocono and California. Hey, I'll tell you, Daniel Suarez, Uh, he, he has changed my opinion. Like when he won it, wherever that was Sonoma that he went Sonoma. to yeah, I was I like eh, eh but you know I'm like, look the... what Chastain's doing the Chastain's got the same equipment and he's doing much more Suarez has changed my mind man like he Pocono was a big one for me like the what we saw out of him there and a couple races before that like he's starting to become a real threat a real finishing oh, absolutely. threat so hey it's a good it's a good moonshot I like it um, yeah I also like this is this is one to throw out. This is the only bet I've taken so far this week. I have ten dollars on Austin Cindric to win the poll. Okay. 30, 30 to Ford? one. Like that's interesting. I, I just looked. He's been fast in qualifying. Um fuck it. Thirty to one, it's worth ten dollars. You might have some extra money to play with going in going into the weekend. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. He's he's down to twenty five hundred, so somebody must have um, also took him. I didn't move it, putting ten dollars. 
<laughs> you and a, a thousand other people put ten dollars on it, moved the, the line down a little bit. But um, yeah, I could get behind that for for whenever that is. I guess that's Saturday. A little fun on. Uh, I could have really yeah. put tool hangers on the spot there, couldn't I? <laughs> That would have been, uh, yeah, we might have hit the max on the, the gift card for that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Then I get drawn for the winner at the beginning <laughs> of the year and everything's excellent. <laughs> you, win the, you win the gift card and it all comes back getting, to you. I'm getting my return on investment. There. I love it. <laughs> Well, once again, thank you. I'm glad that we, I'm glad you brought that up because that was fun. Um, and yeah, thank you once again for coming on. Make sure we get you on again, especially if you beat me, you know, I got to get you on later this year if we can and and definitely in the next year. So um, to listen to this, uh, I'm not sure when this will drop, hopefully before the Wednesday night show, but um, you can always go back to listen to that show where Roy and I are on making picks at picks by blaze Instagram, or excuse me, Twitter account, um, the NASCAR betting preview show, um, where you can find us both. So at Rory picks is where you can find our guy here tonight. Um, Rory, thanks so much for, for jumping on with me. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. I just can't wait till daytime. Like that's oh. going to be so, that's going to be so much fun. Like cutoff race chaos at Daytona. Like, what else could you ask for? Like, it's going to be such an exciting time. I am very pumped for that race. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to – I think we're going to be looking forward to that for sure. So, cut off, cut off race. It's going to bring to light a lot of uh, a lot of chaos, a lot of good stuff. So, looking forward to that as well. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. Well, I will uh, – I'll catch you on the betting preview show uh, this week. So, yeah, hell yeah. We'll be there 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Get y'all's asses over there because y'all don't want to miss this. We got our buddy Chris from Flag Hunting coming on. I love giving him a hard time. Like, they're, they're great guys, him and Ian. They put, put oh, on yeah. a great podcast every week. They hit a lot of bets. Like, it's going to be fun. Like, we always have fun. We got a homie on there, and I consider Chris one of my homies. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I just saw that as well. Uh, Derek just dropped that in the chat that he'll be, he'll be on. So looking forward to that as well. So yeah, definitely give us a look there. Um, if I'm any tire information yet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can pull that up in a second, but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so um, we'll, uh, we'll see how long that lasts, but uh, actually he might have, I don't know. He might've. Well, nah, he, anyway, he hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> well, thanks He's again. Asking, are we still? Are we still recording? Of course, I, we're still. I just, recording. I just saw that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> three minutes ago, he sent that, so uh, he knew his ears were bleeding or something. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Roy. Great time. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much to our guests at Rory Picks for coming on and spending time with us this week. What a fun conversation we had with him. And uh, remember, give me a follow on social media at Full Tank Phil. 
Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use. And uh, good luck this week at Michigan. And we'll be back next week. Three races left until the regular season comes to an end. So it's getting tight at Richmond next weekend. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Place to go. Hell, no place to go.